It's time for Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. For the next three hours, it's high school basketball from across the Mountain State. Live from Marshall University, here's your host, Ryan Epling. Welcome to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia, week 10 of the 2016-2017 season. For this show, Ryan Epley alongside the coach Rick Marone and Joe Linville. Happy to have you along with us on what we call the fastest three hours in radio. We're with you until midnight. We have scores from all across the Mountain State. Many games late in the fourth quarter right now. We're tracking those. We'll also have several special guests along the way tonight. Looking forward to an action-packed show. Coach Marone, <laughs> welcome back. Yeah. Appreciate it. Uh, had to have somebody show me my way back in here. It's been a few weeks, but uh, you guys have held up admirably, and I'm glad to be back in, in-house in with you. Yeah, we started to ask you for your visitor's pass when you come through the door. Well, security it? did accost me at the front gate, but, of course, that happens regularly anyway, so I, I didn't think of anything different. I felt at home. Well, happy to have you back, though, after a, a couple of weeks. We're not going to say off because uh, it's not like you weren't doing anything yeah. in that period of time. But uh, good to have you back on the program. Of course, good to have all of you listening we're watching as well. If you want to interact with the program, you can tweet us at hoops underscore roundup on Twitter. Uh, that's where we follow along the scores for the most part throughout the state of West Virginia. A full night of high school basketball. Earlier this week, it looked like there might be an, a chance that weather could be a factor through the week, and then it turned out to really not be. It's been a fantastic uh, time to play, and Coach Barone, uh, a lot of uh, big games out there tonight, too. Oh, my goodness. I mean, uh, we were talking about before the broadcast, uh, picking up a couple of them over the airwaves that are still uh, in progress. But, uh, Joe, a lot of packed gyms tonight. And you talk about uh, rivalry Friday. I mean, there's uh, two or three just really classic traditional rivalries. Of course, I mentioned uh, Chattonville-Logan going at it well into the fourth quarter. But that's not the only one tonight that we're going to be keeping an eye on. You know, and there were a lot of great games at the Charleston Civic center earlier this week and the uh the shootout at the big house you know it uh, i had the opportunity to go up monday night and watch a couple actually watch three games and uh, you know a lot of exciting basketball going on there in preparation of teams getting ready hopefully to make that trip back to charleston here in two or three or uh, three or four weeks actually uh, and coach marone i mean one week from tonight postseason <laughs> Right? Girls High School basketball sectional play. Yeah, unfortunately, I won't be back. We will be starting our sectional. Uh, they open that window up. The schedule's been rolled forward a bit. But, uh, you know, with the realignment, there's a lot of sections that have multiple uh, or extra teams, you know, seven teams and one we're participating in. And next Friday night, Ryan, as you mentioned, uh, the postseason is underway. And uh, everybody's excited about it. And uh, these games tonight really just set the table for that. When you think of Westside, Wyoming East, and Logan, Chapel, and many more, uh, it is a tournament feel. Uh, one of the people on the Twitter that uh, communicated with us, I think it was like 4.30 in Chapmanville. The parking lot was pretty well full, and people were jamming in there for the JV game. And somebody made a comment that almost felt like a regional final. So <laughs> the atmosphere is there. The weather's been awesome. Knock on wood. Those of you listening on radio, you can hear me knocking. <laughs> Had great weather this year, Joe, and we hope that continues. You know, you was talking about packing gyms tonight. The game you were listening to on the way in, they sold out at 2 o'clock today. Oh no, I mean, they were not <laughs> going to offer any tickets at the gate tonight for the Chapmanville-Logan game. So, so ticket seller, best job to have tonight down there, right? Yeah, really. You're already in. You don't have to do any work. But no, that's not how that works. We all know that. But we know you're here to get scores from across the mountain state. 
We've got a lot of them. For our first scoreboard update, we'll kick it off with Coach Monroe. Welcome back. You get the top half of the boys' scoreboard. All righty. Let's take a look at our uh, basketball Friday night uh, scoreboard update on the boys' side tonight. First up, Steubenville Catholic knocks off Brooke. 70 to 44. Uh, in progress, Hedgesville 20, Spring Mills 13. Also at the half, Jefferson 26, Washington 21. Final in this one, Wheeling Park falls to Morgantown. Morgantown 68, Wheeling Park 59. In progress, uh, Martinsburg leads Musselman 37-28. A huge matchup in the Eastern Panhandle in that one. South Charleston knocks off Parkersburg or is about to knock off Parkersburg 73-65 inside of a minute to go in that one. Spring Valley comes up short against Woodrow tonight, the Flying Eagles 69. Spring Valley 57. GW gets a win over St. Albans 78 to 54. The final in that one. Princeton trails at the half to Greenbrier East. It's 38 to 20. The Spartans with the lead. Pocahontas County 58. Riverview 38. Gilmer County 72 to 53 winners over Braxton County. That one's final. And that game we mentioned earlier, Chapmanville stretching it out a bit. It's 61 to 49. They lead Logan with 3:37 to go in the fourth. The Mavericks from James Monroe, 61 to 55 winners over Independence. And Polka, a big win uh, in a variety of ways, but they get a big win at Sissonville tonight, 67 to 53. And Ryan, the rest of the boys scores. Yeah, Mingo Central goes to Wayne and defeats the Pioneers tonight, 65-57. The final at Pioneer Gym Mingo Central with the win. West Side beats Cross County rival Wyoming East tonight in the War Zone in New Richmond. It was the Renegades getting the road win, 65-54. The Harmon Panthers are 7-10 after beating 100 tonight. 64-48 the final in that one. That was a hometown invitational tournament game. Charleston Catholic defeats Summers County 86-47. At the half, it is Cameron 28, Magnolia 21. A final score in overtime. The Mountain Lions of Tucker County go to Pendleton County and hand the Wildcats just their third loss of the season. 67-59, Tucker County gets the road win. At the half, it is Ravenswood 25, Parkersburg Catholic 20. Also a final score tonight, Fayetteville remains unbeaten by a hair. The Pirates beat cross-county rival Valley Fayette 50 to 49 on the road. Nice road win, but ooh, tough one. Webster County beats Roan County tonight, 79-73 the final. And in overtime, the Maroon Knights of Willing Central go to 18-1 with a home victory over the Red Devils of St. Clairsville, Ohio, 74-71. Bray Price is still in a layup late in that game to seal it. On the girls' side of the scoreboard tonight, it was the Bridgeport Indians defeating Elkins tonight, 56-27. It was the Fairmont Senior Polar Bears over East Fairmont tonight, 65-45. In that game, Abby Stoller gets 800 points uh, for, the, uh, for her career and also 800 rebounds. It was Tucker County downing Petersburg tonight, 49-30. Moorfield went on the road to defeat East Hardy, 53-41 in the Hardy Girls Hardwood Classic. And the final girls score we have tonight, Summers County, the Bobcats. Defeated the Charleston Catholic tonight, 53-44. Vita Amani had 29 points, 10 rebounds, and 6 steals in that game for the Irish. And that's a look at your basketballnight.com scoreboard. And I do want to share this quickly. I know if you were listening on WMUL Radio in Huntington, uh, there was a great softball game going on down in Tallahassee, Florida. It's just gone final in eight innings. Marshall defeats Furman 5-4, to four, so they heard 2-0. Oh. 
Where'd uh, basketball season go? We're already in softball, baseball. <laughs> hey, just giving you updates of whatever's going on out there as we go along, right? But um, obviously, uh, uh, you know, a blast to be able to, to bring that to you. We've got Brian Johnson, WCEF Radio in Ripley. We have Brandon Gregory, WRSG Radio in Middleburn. Uh, they're on hold. We'll talk with them in just a moment. But before we go to the phone lines, Coach Marone, anything stick out to you on that scoreboard that we just went through? No, we mentioned the rivalry games, uh, the separation there in the Chapmanville-Logan game. Uh, that thing was really tight into the fourth quarter. And then, you know, West Side to be able to go into East and uh, and get a win there, I think uh, uh, says a lot. And then, uh, you know, up north, I think Wheeling Central, uh, you know, getting a nice win there. They pushed that record 18-1. I think, uh, you know, team definitely obviously going to be reckoned with come uh, playoff time you know I'm, I'm thinking you know even the wayne pioneers you know they give mingo central a, a good game right down to the end of it so uh, kudos to them tonight as well and not not bad i mean again it's just a situation where you're, you're trying to see where you are right now this is the time of year where you start to kind of put pell to mel as you mentioned coach girl side you're in you're in tournament play next well year. those ballots came out today i mean that you have to complete those they've got to be in uh, by tuesday at noon and then tuesday afternoon they'll release pairings well in a lot of cases friday you're tipping it up so you don't find out till tuesday who you're matched up with so as you said ryan a lot of people are jockeying for positions trying to make that last impression and i think uh, as joe said a team like wayne high school you know they've had their ups and downs this year but it's a big night it's senior night at the uh, pioneer gym they come out and I- i'm not saying you know that uh, mingo central uh look past anybody but you know wayne has to gather confidence from hey they went toe-to-toe with one of the big big they teams in yeah. uh, double a and uh tell you what we see it every year somebody gets into the sectional tournament gets a little bit hot takes out somebody wayne has been that team before that's knocked people off so tell you what exciting time of year and took out a very good chapman very, very regional good. team a couple of years ago uh in the sectional semifinal, and um one score that we don't have is Hurricane Ripley. I think I know somebody who can get us that score. <laughs> Brian Johnson, WCEF Radio in Ripley, joins us. This is one of the few times in the history of this program, Brian, where I've called and said, hey, you called a game tonight. What was the final? <laughs> well, the Vikings were victorious tonight, Ryan, 60-57, to 57, and uh, it was an impressive win for our club. Probably uh, my uh, partner tonight, Mike Rubin, with me, called it a signature win for the Vikings especially in a place where we historically have not had a lot of success. So uh, a big victory for the Vikings as they look to, to mount a little momentum here down the stretch. A nice win for Ripley to get that victory tonight over Hurricane, as you mentioned. And uh, for Ripley now, that's uh, two in a row after a big Atlantic Classic uh, consolation win over Princeton um last uh you know earlier in the week on saturday of of this week so uh two in a row i mean like we've talked about before here you want to start playing your best basketball right about now and for ripley i mean that that's a start yeah it is you know they have an opportunity now with some teams that uh, they can match up well against they have riverside on tuesday a team that we beat at riverside in a hard-fought battle uh, early in january then the mountain state athletic conference game on friday and then Spring Valley the following week. So certainly teams that I think the Vikings feel like they have an opportunity to beat and, uh, again, gain some of that momentum. Uh, but I do think, and uh, anybody that watches the Vikings will say, that it's going to be important for Jamison Hunt and Eli Casto, our backcourt, to play well and shoot well if we want to have an opportunity to advance in the postseason. 
Nice one tonight for the Vikings, 60-57 to at Hurricane Ripley now, 6-12. and And sometimes, Brian, records can be deceiving as we get to the postseason because, hey, I'm looking at the schedule. There's just three games left in the regular season for Ripley, and then everybody starts at 0-0. Zero and zero. Absolutely, and we are 7-12 and 12 now uh, after that win tonight. So that will make that look just a touch better. It's, it's been a tough year for the Vikings. Uh, from a win-loss standpoint. But as you said, three winnable games. Uh, they could possibly get themselves to double-digit victories uh, for the regular season. And uh, momentum is a, uh, a funny thing. If the Vikings could, could maybe catch a ride on that wave of momentum, you never know what could happen as we will probably most likely face off with Parkersburg South in the uh, first round of the sectional. Brian Johnson, WCEF Radio in Ripley. Brian, always a pleasure. Have a safe trip back to Ripley. Congratulations to the Vikings on the win tonight. Thanks, Ryan. Appreciate it. All right. Once again, that was Brian Johnson as Ripley defeats Hurricane by a score of 60-57. to 57. And Coach Marone, again, that's one of the few times that we'll ever have to ask our caller, what was the score of your game? <laughs> we appreciate the participation of Brian, a big part of the program, and uh, getting prime time here as uh, he's able to provide that uh, score for us. Another big part of our program is Brandon Gregory. And you know what? Last time Brandon called in, we had to put him on hold because we had a, a caller ahead of him that we wanted to tease. We, we're going to have to do this again. So, Brian, hang, or Brandon Gregory, hang in there with us. We'll talk Tyler Consolidated Girls Basketball in just a moment. But right now, we need to step aside and take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk with the man who scored more points in a single high school basketball game than anyone has ever scored in the country. He's a West Virginia native. Danny Heater joins us next on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. This is our first break on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. This is high school basketball's home for the Mountain State. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. High school basketball action in West Virginia is heating up as teams focus on a trip to the state championship in Charleston. Stay up to date with your local team and its progress all season long with Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia for three hours every Friday night from 9 to midnight. Listen online or on great radio stations throughout the Mountain State, and you can also watch us on Network West Virginia, Channel 2. Call us tonight, toll-free, 855-784-6677, 855-784-6677. For scores online, all of them in West Virginia, visit basketballnight.com. We want you to become part of the Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia family. First, you can follow us on Twitter. We'll make sure to mention your name tonight. we got a bunch of new followers, and we're going to mention them all tonight. Follow us at hoops underscore roundup, at hoops underscore roundup. Tweet us your team's score. Give us your comments on the game. At hoops underscore roundup, at hoops underscore roundup. Big shout-out to Melanie, Greg W., Sean Butterfield, all new followers. Rosalie Thompson, CMC Millen, Kells, 411 from 412. 
Lisa Dennett, Brandon Roberts, Grafton B-Ball, the official Twitter account of the Grafton Bearcats boys basketball team. Jordan Mounts, big help here to the show. And Jared K. Horn. This is Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Celebrating high school basketball around the Mountain State, you're listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to your hosts, Coach Rick Marone and Ryan Epling. 9-16 on this Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling, Rick Marone, and Joe Linville with you. One day we will get Joe's name into the open. <laughs> I don't know. It's only 10 weeks into the season. Oh, I'm, no. just, I'm just playing. Our guys, our guys, as you guys on set know, the guys behind the scenes do such a fantastic they job. And Absolutely. They make this all possible. But earlier this week... Um, Chino Hills, California, getting a lot of attention. First off, they had a long winning streak broken by Oak Hill Academy uh, from Virginia uh, Prep School that was able to to beat them, break that streak. And then their next game out, a sophomore by the name of Lamelo Ball scores 92 points in a game. And I was reading about that in the Los Angeles Times, not because I read the Los Angeles Times regularly, <laughs> but because it was it was there. I just ran across it. And I was reading the recap of that game, and I saw that the 92 points, I thought that's probably you know in the ballpark of, of the national record. Turns out it's 43 points short of what a young man in Burnsville, West Virginia, in Braxton County, Burnsville High School, did in 1960. Danny Heater scored 135 points. That is a national record. He joins us now on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia and Mr. Heater, first off, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Uh, thank you very much for having me. So, Lamelo Ball scores these these points in in California, the ninety two points. Uh, they're talking about it on Pardon the Interruption on ESPN yesterday, and your name comes up. Uh, I've got to imagine that even now, and and we're talking, you know, fifty seven years after that that night, uh, still having this come up. It, time to time is this something that, that 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 has happened with you over the years or has it just kind of faded away maybe not as much so as you expected it would uh, it's faded somewhat but uh, i always get a few calls around january 26 <laughs> about the game so i can guarantee you one thing that that uh ball didn't get any sleep that night after the game <laughs> <laughs> Also important, important to note uh, that that Ball had the three-point line and you didn't. And you know, I, I've, I've read a lot about this game over the past couple of days now. And uh, from my understanding, you're a little bit apprehensive to talk about it e- even now in terms of the way that came about on that night. Uh, yeah, I've always, uh, I've always been shy to begin with. And um, I... I didn't know anything about it until uh, about five minutes before the game when the coach told us that he, he wanted to see how many points I could score because we were something like 14-1 and one at the time and we didn't we were get, not getting any publicity at all. And, you know, Burnsville's a real small town, so that had a lot to do with it. So he asked us to... Uh, ask everyone to pass me the ball 
and see how many points I could score. And I said no. As we went out to warm up, I went to each player and asked them what they think. And they all said, go for it. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I still had apprehensions, but uh, I never liked to call attention to myself. Uh, he was hoping to get me a basketball scholarship, so uh, the coach's heart was in the, you know, in the right way. The final score in that game was 173-43. to uh, Burnsville defeating Wyden High School that is now part of Clay County. Burnsville now part of Braxton County. And that's an era that I guess in many ways is gone with the closure of those schools. And uh, we're in an era of consolidation. I know in the Eastern Panhandle where you reside now, there's actually some deconsolidation as they are able to split some schools apart to create larger, uh, more schools, I should say, not necessarily larger schools. But um, tell me about that night in terms of uh, to set the scene a little bit and I, I've been in some of these older gyms I understand this was basically a pit with no bleachers, is that correct? Uh, that's correct everybody had to stand <laughs> uh, you know the the court was actually I think it was 19 feet shorter than a normal uh, gym and uh, a lot of people didn't know we had a clock at the time but we did <laughs> and uh we always cranked the heat up as high it would go. Because uh, we had five players averaging in the double figures. So, uh, you know, I was probably the worst shooter on the team as far as that goes. So you, you mentioned, too, that your coach did that to bring attention to your team. And I know, like I said, I've, I've read so much about how that wasn't exactly what you had wanted in terms of being an individual accomplishment. But in terms of drawing the attention to your ball club and what it was doing on the floor and how it was succeeding, uh, was it something that you would do as an adult looking at it? Do you think he made the right decision to give you the ball and say, here, go score as many as you can that night? I'm never going to second to guess my coach. Uh, I love the guy. He's still living in, in around Sutton. And I'd never second guess him. I think I might be a little more vocal about it this time than than I was uh, 57 years ago. But um, I, you know, I always felt so bad for Wyden. They, it was a small wine, uh, mining town, and uh, I don't think it's even there anymore. But there were some good people in that town, and I always felt like I embarrassed them. And and that's just not me. I don't I don't like to do those things. That's why I've never really been able to enjoy it. Mr. Heater, this is Joe Linville. My, I, I didn't know there was anybody from Braxton County, first of all, that was shy. My mom's from Braxton County, so I can say that. So, But anyway, how did it make you feel, uh, from what I'm reading, you had a clock, but there wasn't a scoreboard. And uh, how did it make you feel? No, we when, had a scoreboard. Oh, you did have a scoreboard. A scoreboard. But apparently yeah. everybody was hollering out the score as you were scoring. They were hollering out whatever, the, you know, ever how many points you'd scored at the time. How did that make you feel in the game? I mean, did it to it, give it you... It was for real. I guess at halftime, uh, everybody. I had 55 points at halftime, and everybody came to the scores table to to see how many I had. And then every time I scored, people would yell out how many. And uh, it was it was like I was in a dream, you know. It's just so surreal. You score okay. another point is it was the only game my mother ever missed. Oh man, <laughs> we. She was my biggest fan, and we had 
beaten Wyden a couple of weeks before, and my dad wasn't feeling so well, so uh, my mom decided just to stay home with him that night. And, um, you know, I've always hated that she just missed that game. She was so excited when I got home because I guess someone had called her and told her, you know, we didn't have cell phones in those days. <laughs> right. Yeah, and I didn't go straight home. I I just went to the restaurant where we hung out, and by the time I got home, she was jumping up and down and <laughs> yelling. <laughs> she was a sweetheart. And you just touched on something there about the, the kind of the camaraderie with your teammates as well. And, and, you know, we're in an era where there are, unfortunately, a lot of folks who will um, – when one person achieves, they see it as a missed opportunity for themselves. It sounds like you had a pretty close group of friends and teammates that were supportive of you in this endeavor. Oh, yeah, we all grew up together. And, uh, and uh, you know, we played basketball together since we was in the fifth grade. So we hung out together. Uh, the greatest teammates you could ask for. I, I've always said that this record belongs to them because everything they sacrificed and everything they did to get me the ball, that they they deserve the record, not me. Talking with Danny Heater, he scored 135 points in a game for Burnsville High School in Braxton County in 1960. You know, the old state record was 74 at the time, and you scored 80 in the second half alone. Um, how did this exactly happen I, I know you, you said Wyden was a team that was uh, uh, you know not a, not a very good team at that point and uh, we're seeing video of LaMelo Ball over the past couple of days from California he didn't even cross half court defensively they were just throwing him out with passes how did your baskets come about well we pressed the whole game and we had a three man press similar to West Virginia University's, and we stole the ball quite a bit I I, I scored quite a few layups but uh, I did work for it and I did cross center court <laughs> 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 um, when they got past our press but uh, uh, I, you know I, I just hope the kid can enjoy it that's, that's the main thing and, you know, he, as you said he's just a sophomore so he'll probably score 200 points by the time he's a senior <laughs> Uh, Mr. Heater, Coach Marone here. We appreciate you coming on the program. And uh, one thing I was going to ask, I, I noticed in one of the things I was looking at that the night before the game that your coach had uh, found out that maybe you were outside uh, working on your shot a little bit, maybe in some adverse weather conditions, and he was a little concerned about you uh, not staying healthy for the game. Uh, yeah, but he, he never <laughs> – I don't think he ever said much to me about it. <laughs> I think we had a couple inches snow on the ground and – I was out practicing my shot. <laughs> well, Mr. Heat. He uh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, I'm just going to go, go ahead and finish your story there. Uh, that, that was that was it. He, he was an awesome guy. Uh, he was, I, I feel he was ahead of his time. Um, you know, I played football also in 59, and we run the spread offense then. Every time we go into it, everybody thinks we're going to punt. And before that was way before, uh, you know, it got popular. But, and then with his press too, I think uh, I think he's a little 
ahead of his time with that too. But he's a he's a wonderful person. If you get to talk to him, you should call him. Yeah, I think I think we need to yeah, add definitely. him to the the queue for later on uh, a couple of weeks from now, and Mister Here. Before we let you go, just give you an opportunity here. What tell us about how you got where you are now? I mean, we're talking seventy, uh, you know, sixty plus years after the fact. Uh, well, I went. Uh, I didn't get a scholarship. I, I did have a senator from Virginia to pay um, my way to Richmond for the second semester. And the time I got there, they already had their team um, already. And my father was a coal miner. And I'd never been away from home before. So I think between homesickness and desire to go home and help my folks out, that, that I quit after about three weeks. And then I went to work for the FBI in Washington. And later on, I uh, went to work for the airlines and spent 39 years there. Met my wife at the at the FBI, and I have three beautiful children and five beautiful grandchildren, and I'm so lucky. Danny Heater scored 135 points in a game in 1960 for Burnsville High School in Braxton County. That is the national record that still stands to this day. Currently living in the Martinsburg area. Mr. Heater, thanks so much for joining us tonight. It's been a pleasure to talk with you and to talk basketball with you tonight. Uh, Thank you, sir. It's a pleasure talking to you. All right, once again, that's Danny Heater. You know, records normally don't stand that long. You know, records are broken, but that's that's phenomenal if you just try to, you know, think about but it. But how neat is it to have somebody from West Virginia to hold that national record? And like Ryan said, he's looking on the L.A. Times or in the L.A. and what comes up, you know, Danny Heater from uh, little uh, West Virginia from uh, Braxton County. And uh, just a, a great man and uh, great for him to share with us, but uh, awesome. Well, we're going to step aside take our second break. When we come back, we'll talk with Brandon Gregory, WRSG Radio in Middleburn. He gets to follow up another one tonight. <laughs> and Bill Nestor, WPDX in Clarksburg. Had a chance to see him earlier this week. We'll talk with him as well and get you another scoreboard update as basketball Friday night in West Virginia continues. We take our second break here on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. There's no better place to be than right here. It's Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Join us online. Vote in this week's poll. You've got till 11.45 tonight, and then we'll share the voting results with you. Last week, 66% of you voted. The shot clock should be introduced in West Virginia high school basketball. This week's question, should all playoff games be hosted at a neutral site? Vote yes or no. Go to basketballnight.com to vote in this week's poll. You'll see the poll question on the right-hand side of the page. You've got till 11.45 tonight to vote. And, of course, we'll share the results with you at the end of the show tonight. What about those pictures? Get your pictures featured on our video stream. You can watch it on Facebook Live, YouTube, or Network West Virginia. If you're watching right now, that's what you're seeing is pictures from games around the Mountain State 
this week. Send us your pictures. You can send them to us to our Twitter account at hoops underscore roundup at hoops underscore roundup. You can send them by direct message to the RSN Sports Facebook page. You can email them to us, and we'll go through them and feature your pictures from your games around the Mountain State this next week. We'd like for you to be a contributor to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. We also want you to become part of the Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia family, of course. Join us on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup, at Hoops underscore Roundup. And a big shout-out to Jamie Blair, Rick at Rick R. Reynolds, and Lisa Grayley, following us online on Twitter. This is High School Basketball's home for the Mountain State. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to Basketball Night in West Virginia with Coach Rick Marone and Ryan Epling. 9.32 on this Basketball Friday night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling, Rick Marone, along with Joe Linville. Happy to have you with us here on Basketball Friday night in West Virginia. Fastest three hours in radio. We're with you until midnight. Along the Fast Break Sports Network, Brandon Gregory, WRSG Radio in Middleburn, joins us now. And, you know, we were joking with Brian Johnson a moment ago that we needed a score from him, and we don't normally ask our caller for the score. We're going to do it again. Brandon, we don't have a score yet from the Tyler Consolidated South Harrison Girls game. Can you help us out a little bit? Yeah, 59-47, Tyler Consolidated with the win. And I must say, Ryan Epling, you did it to me again. <laughs> you did it to me again. I'm like the George Costanza. <laughs> yeah. Follow that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you, yeah. His last, the last two times that he has called us, he has followed Willie Akers, and now he's following <laughs> Danny Heater. <laughs> can I, I mean, George Ann Wells, can I, can I follow her next? <laughs> <laughs> Well, tell, tell me about this game tonight for uh, for the uh, Lady Knights. Uh, they played really well. They, you know, it's a sophomore class. It's led by a, it's led by sophomore class: Josie Jones, Jolie Walton, uh, Peyton Keller. They they moved. The, you know, you can see marked progression every time out. They moved the basketball a lot better. They're they're finding you know they're finding people on the glass. They they offensive rebound. They offensive rebound like monsters. I mean they. They probably had – Bob Huggins would have been proud. They probably had 15, 18 offensive rebounds, uh, which led to a, a good number of points. I mean, they did, they're really doing a nice job. Uh, Coach Boggs has done a great job extending the rotation. They're now bringing in an extra guard that didn't play early on. They're able to bring in an extra post player. Uh, so so they're, really, they're really doing well. They're really coming into shape uh, as we head into tournament play. So help me out now. This is that was the regular season finale for the Silver Knights, correct? I believe it was. Yes. So moving the home one. I know it was the home finale. Yeah. <laughs> so so moving toward the postseason, um, this is a ball club that, that again getting the win tonight. Now has won uh, two of its last three. Had a close loss to Ravenswood uh, a little over a week ago. So it's a ball club that's. Hey, hey, Gave that one away. Yeah, and so it's, uh, ball club's playing some of its best basketball of the season, heading into the right time of season. Correct. 
Yeah, and they also lost seventy to sixty nine to Ravenswood, or excuse me, to St. Mary's, and gave that one away too. So, uh, yeah, I mean they're they're playing better. Uh, you know, it's still they're still. Uh, I don't I don't know if it's a killer instinct issue, but it just that, that you know they make a critical mistake at the wrong time, and I think that's just part of youth. Uh, but you could tell tonight. I mean, there was there was an opportunity for South Harrison to get back in it, and and. Uh, you know, they shut the door. Tyler Consolidated shut the door and, and, and really put the game out of reach. So, uh, you know, one of those things that I think you got to go through a couple times. You know, you knock on the door a couple times before you kick it in. So, hopefully tonight was the night they kicked it in and it becomes a habit. Sectional tournament play beginning next week. Tyler Consolidated in sectional with Magnolia, Payton City, St. Mary's, and Ritchie County. Should be a lot of fun. Brandon, Thanks for calling, and we'll see who we can follow you up, uh, or excuse me, precede you with next week. Hey, how was uh, Coach Murray's trip to Doddridge County? How'd that go? Very good. Uh, Great trip up, and uh, all the people were real friendly, and uh, everything went great. Okay, because I know Craig Craig Dutton crossed one off his bucket list by me. (laughs) (laughs) He sat in your chair, and he didn't get to meet you that night. (laughs) Always a lot. Hey, Hey, Brandon, thanks so much. I appreciate it. Thank you. All right. It's Brandon Gregory, WRSG Radio in Middleburn as Tyler Consolidated gets the win tonight. We'll get a full scoreboard in just a moment. We go right back to the phone. So Bill Nestor, voice of the Robert Seabird Eagles, joins us now on WPDX Radio in Clarksburg. And, Bill, nice win Wednesday for the Eagles against Westside, a, a game in which uh, you and I got to watch. You were calling the ball game. I, I got to uh, attend and RCB started a little slow that ball game, but uh, once it got its feet underneath it, uh, played an excellent final three quarters to come out with a win. They sure did, Ron. You know there are highs and lows in, in every basketball season and everything to do with the round ball game. You know, you, you were talking with uh, Mr. Heater, 135 points in the game. That's more than I've scored in my entire career. But, but, you know, the, the high was getting a chance to see you and interview you at halftime of our broadcast. And, man, what a spike in ratings uh, just having you on there. Was pretty impressive to get you involved. So that was a pretty exciting part of the week for us. But, yeah, the Flying Eagles uh, started out playing Fairmont Senior on uh, on Tuesday evening, and they took one uh, from the Polar Bears. I mean, they got behind early, and uh, it, it was a pretty bad loss. And the positive for that was a lot of the – starters got a chance to, to rest, if you will, not in a positive way, but uh, missed most of the action in the fourth quarter, and then they had to turn right back around and play a one fifteen start there on Wednesday at the Civic Center, and uh, yeah, that, that early start was kind of shaky for the Flying Eagles. Didn't play well in the first half, but uh, they did manage to outscore the Renegades in every quarter of that game and pull out a huge win for them to get some momentum back. They had a five-game win streak broken by the Polar Bears and then they got a chance to get right back on the floor and get that win. So, yeah, that was very important for this squad to get that victory. Robert Seaberg gained the win. And I think part of the little general shootout at the big house, too, um, that feels like a state tournament just without the people. And what yeah. I mean by that is your schedule's kind of, you got some of those earlier games, you play on the big floor, you play somebody you might not be as familiar with, although Robert C. Bird and Westside have hooked up a few times over the last few years. But uh, at the same time, it, it kind of is a way to prepare for playing on that stage. It exactly is, Ron. You, you know, you, you know, I was talking to Coach Bennett about it in our pregame interview. 
uh, playing that game on Tuesday evening and then having to turn right back around and play again in the afternoon, very similar to what you might see in a state tournament uh, situation. So they had a chance to, to get a chance to not only play on the Civic Center floor, but also to experience the same kind of feel that you would have in terms of time to prepare for uh, an opponent the next day. And, you know, for this Flying Eagle team with a lot of young guys who have never had a chance to, to step foot on that floor, it really meant a lot to them experience-wise. A uh, chance to get out there and see what it's like. It is. It's, it's, it's so quiet there that that's the biggest difference between the state tournament and this. But just a chance to be there, the venue, uh, shooting the basketball and those types of baskets and just feeling that experience, that's, that's priceless for a team. And so it meant a lot for this, uh, this squad to get out there and, and to get the win and get that confidence. That was the added bonus. 69-62 was the final on Wednesday. Robert T. Bird beat Westside there in the little general shootout. The Eagles will take on East Fairmont on Valentine's Day, Tuesday evening at RCB. Bill Nestor, you'll have the call on that one at WPDX in Clarksburg. Thanks so much for joining us. It's good talking to you last, uh, or I guess a couple times now in the past weekend. By the way, I'm much more comfortable being on this side of the interview. <laughs> <laughs> I hope I didn't ask you too many tough questions during that halftime. <laughs> no, no, that was a lot of fun. I, I enjoyed uh, getting to join you for uh, for halftime of that broadcast, and uh, always good to get to 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 hang out with the people that that we run across here on the show. Bill, thanks so much. Ron, thank you. I really appreciate it. You guys have a great rest of the show and a great weekend as well. You too. That's Bill Nasser, WPDX Radio in Clarksburg. Before we get to our scoreboard, Coach Marone, you mentioned. Um, or actually, Brandon Gregory mentioned you got to meet Craig Dutton, or, or you, I guess, met Craig Dutton. I said got to meet. Sounds like it's a. No, I'm just playing. But uh, uh, you know, it's it's always fun for us to be able to uh, get to spend a little bit of time with the people that we talk with on the phone on an almost weekly basis. Yeah, I tell you what, and uh, being out the last couple of weeks out in the field, so to speak, uh, a lot of people that uh, we do talk to and a lot of people that listen to the show that me and you and Joe would never get right. to meet in person, and they come up and ask about the show, and they kind of ask about you and uh, see if you're really as funny as you appear to be on the radio, and I have to give them the real lowdown on that one, but uh, just kidding, of course, but uh, uh, it is great. You can great. cut Marone's mic. No, I'm <laughs> yeah. it, it, uh, it, it's been great, and uh, and Joe, all across the state, all corners of the state, it really is neat to meet uh, the people that are part of the show in various ways. Yeah, I was talking to a broadcaster from Bridgeport who happened to drop Ryan's name. Yeah. <laughs> It's a small little world out there, Joe. I keep telling you this. I'm it's convinced. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I enjoyed just being up there. It's a little general shootout. And, um, you know, I, I, I talked with uh, Kenny Sayer at Polka. He came by and said hello. Uh, and I didn't catch somebody's name, but somebody told me, Joe, to keep you in line. Uh-oh. That was all they said. Keep Joe Linville in line. And I, I didn't get a chance. That could have been anybody. Yeah, I got to talk with Rich Skeen at Sissonville as well. I was up there. And then Bill Nestor from uh, RCB Radio. And, uh, just, just a blast, and just uh, again, that's what this this show's all about. It really, is what this show is all about. And you know what else this show's about? Scores. Scores, and we're behind on scoreboard. Let's get you a, bas- a basketballnight.com scoreboard update. I'll start it off with the uh, girls' scores here. Looking for scores? Look no more. Visit basketballnight.com. Joe, we'll let you do the top half of the boys' scores in a moment. Too. Uh, I'll get get us all lined out here. <laughs> Girls scores tonight. University defeats Preston 65-55. It was Fayetteville over Oak Hill 59-29. Also tonight, Bridgeport defeats Elkins 56-27. Abby Stoller 
800 points, 800 rebounds for her career as the Polar Bears of Fairmont Senior beat East Fairmont tonight 65-45. Tucker County goes to Petersburg and beats the Vikings 49-30 the final in that one. It was Moorefield over East Hardy in the Hardy Girls Hardwood Classic. 53-41, Moorefield gets the cross-county rival victory. It was Summers County defeating Charleston Catholic 53-44. And that despite a 29-point, 10-rebound, 6-steal performance from Charleston Catholic's Vito Amani, a former standout athlete of the week. Also, Tyler Consolidated tonight picks up a 59-47 victory over South Harrison. Joe has the boys' score. Taking a look at the boys' side of the scoreboard tonight, it was Riverside defeating Campbell Midland 60-46. Spring Mills fell to Hedgesville 59-40. It was the Vikings of Ripley upending Hurricane. The Redskins fall 60-57 to in a close one. It was the Jefferson Cougars over Washington Patriots 54-50 in the, up in the eastern panhandle. It was the Morgantown Mohegans over Wheeling Park 68-59. to Martinsburg went on the road to Musselman, defeated them 79-57. It was South Charleston hosting Parkersburg. The Big Reds fall 75-67. Woodrow Wilson over Spring Valley tonight, 69-57. It was George Washington over St. Albans, uh, 78-54. Greenbrier East picks up a win tonight over Princeton, 76-62. Pocahontas County picked up another one in the win column, 58-38 over Riverview. Philip Barber down the Golden tornado, Tornadoes of Kaiser by a score of 65-60. to 60. It was Gilmer County over Braxton County, 72-53. And a standing room only gym in Chapmanville. It was the Tigers over the Logan Wildcats, 73-62. James Monroe picked up a win over Independence, 61-55. And the Polka Dots picked up a win over a close one in the Cardinal Conference over Sissonville tonight, 67 67- 53. Rick? The other uh, boy scores for you. Mingo Central gets a win, a tough win over Route 37 over to Wayne. Knocks off the Pioneers 65 to 57. West Side, a cross county rivalry game with Wyoming East. The Renegades 65 54 winners in that one. The Panthers of Harmon get a 64 to 48 win over the 100 Hornets. And as we mentioned, uh, Earlier, Charleston Catholic and Summers County, they uh, got together in a doubleheader, and this one, the boys' side, Charleston Catholic, 86-47 winners over Summers County. Cameron, 67, Magnolia, 58. Meadow Bridge gets a 20-point win over Paw Paw, 66-46. Tucker County, 67. Pendleton County, 59. The Red Devils of Ravenswood, Mick Price's crew, 64-55 winners over Parkersburg Catholic. 50-49, a close one is Fayetteville. Knocks off Valley Fayette and Roan County falls tonight. Webster County 79, Roan County 73. And a final just coming in hot off the presses. The Tug Valley Panthers get a huge home win, 80-62 over St. Joe in Naugatuck tonight. Wheeling Central 74-71 over St. Clairsville, Ohio. And our final score in at this time, Ritchie County, the Ritchie Rebels 58 Work County 45. That's a look at your basketballnight.com scoreboard. Thanks so much, guys. We'll set aside for our third break. When we come back, we'll start to break down a little bit of getting ready for the postseason because a couple of those scores you mentioned are of note, and we'll explain why when Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia continues after our third break here on the the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. 
If you love basketball, then there's only one place to be on Friday night after the game. It's Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Streaming video live from the studios at Marshall University. Visit BasketballNight.com for video, audio, and the Basketball Friday Night scoreboard. Watch our live high-definition video stream by going to BasketballNight.com. Takes just one click to watch. You can also tune in. Suddenlink, Network West Virginia, Channel 2. You can listen online with any computer or mobile device by clicking the Listen Live tab, and you can listen to us on great radio stations throughout the Mountain State. Does showing up for work at a ballpark or an arena sound good to you? A Marshall University sports journalism degree can get you there. Sports journalism at Marshall is important. It's serious, and it's big business. Sports media and communications careers are some of the most competitive and marketable worldwide in a multi-billion dollar industry. We'll prepare you to think critically, report accurately, and artfully tell the stories on and off the field or court. If this sounds like you, the Marshall School of Journalism is ready and eager to start your journey. Learn more at marshall.edu slash SOJMC. Follow us on Twitter. Don't forget, tonight we've got a poll question just for you. And a shout-out to our new Twitter followers, including Melanie, just followed us here recently, Greg W., Sean Butterfield. It's all here at Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. This is high school basketball's home for the Mountain State. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now back to your hosts, Ryan Epling, Mr. Handsome, Coach Rick Marone, and Joe Linville. Now that's how you rejoin a program right there. <laughs> you never know what you're going to get. <laughs> Ryan Epling, Rick Marone, Joe Linville, happy to have you along here on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia, 950 on this Friday, February 10th, 2017, live from the studios at Marshall University through our flagship station, WMUL-FM Radio, also WFGH Radio in Fort Gay. Um, guys, before we get back into you know our calls and get back into depth with the program here, here is I'm going to make a, a case of why I think single A is going to be almost impossible to predict in advance this year in boys basketball. Ready for this? Just in the past week, you had Ravenswood get beat soundly by Huntington St. Joe in the Little General shootout at the Big House. So St. Joe had beaten Ravenswood pretty soundly. A couple weeks ago, Ravenswood had beaten Tug Valley in the Willie Acres Arena at the Logan Fieldhouse pretty soundly. Held on, that game got close late. Tonight, Tug Valley beats St. Joe by 18 points. So how do you put those three in any type of order? Coach Marone, I'll turn that well, over to you. And they're on the same region, and I don't think people kind of really appreciate they will once the postseason gets underway. But one of those teams will not be in Charleston. We can say that with a definitive uh, not be there. 
but how do you rate them when they've knocked each other off and uh, they've all shown themselves to be powerhouses uh, throughout their schedule? I tell you what, that's going to be a brutal uh, regional and sectional level. And, Joe, the team that comes out of that Region 4 and Class A is going to nef- definitely be battle-tested and uh, I think going to be a team that can make a run in Charleston. You know, there's a, a lot of those sectionals. If you'll really get into them and look at them and break them down, I think we've got a wide-open field. And, you know, we talked about it on previous shows. This could be one of the best state basketball tournaments we've seen in a long time. Well, in Class A, Ryan hit it on the head. I mean, you've got perennial double-A participants. I mean, you know, Ravenswood, uh, Mick Price has been uh, to double-A state tournaments year in, year out. Tug Valley won a double-A and a single-A. That may be one of the only times we have to research that. But they won one class one year and turned around the next year uh, when Mikey Newsom led them. He was one of their main players that year. Well, now, Ryan, over the last few years, a lot of those teams have dropped into that single-A bracket. And uh, I think you're right. That uh, class A tournament this year is going to be something to watch. Also, uh, a tournament that has kind of been – ramping down finally after a, a, a good long run uh, 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 that runs on the weekends the hometown invitational i know your girls had a chance to participate in that this was the first time since tulsa's moved to class a being a part of that of course i want to say thank you real fast to all of those who have helped us out greg christ helpful in getting us some more swag here <laughs> on the uh, on the set we've got a, a hometown invitational t-shirt we've got a Tigers Valley jersey, a Van jersey, a St. Mary's jersey, a Doddridge County jersey. So we've definitely uh, picked it up in that department as well. Yeah, I tell you what, uh, on the boys and the girls' side, that's a great event. It takes a lot of work to put it together. So those guys that are heading those up, Mike DePascal and uh, uh, Howard Meeks on the uh, girls' side, but uh, on the boys' side, as you mentioned, uh, uh, just a great event. I know the boys is winding down this weekend, some great matchups. And, you know, you were talking about it gives schools like Tulsa and some of the other schools to travel to areas that they've never been in before and to face teams that you've never faced before. And it's it's a great opportunity even for the student athletes. Well, they do a great job. And I tell you what, uh, they've uh, put it together over the last several years. And they do a nice job. The Night of Champions, when we went up and played in Doddridge, they introduced the teams like they do at the state tournaments. You go out and meet uh, midcourt. Uh, it really gives a great tournament feel to a lot of kids that may or may not get the opportunity to do that in the Civic Center. Tonight was a showdown in Hardy County between the girls' teams from Moorfield and East Hardy. Moorfield got the win in that one. Sam Blizzard, WELD Radio in Hardy County, joins us now on the program. And uh, Sam, when the the Hardy girls' shootout takes place, uh, just about anything can happen. Moorfield tonight getting the win. Indeed. Uh, a couple weeks ago, guys, when the boys with East Hardy and Moorfield played, I called in and mentioned there was 45 fouls in that game. Well, we broke the record tonight. There was 51 fouls in this game tonight. Whoa. So I'm going to guess that took a little while to get through that one tonight, too. It did. Um, we were, uh, well, it started at 6.30, and we were almost 8.30 getting through it tonight. So it was uh, interesting. East Hardy did not score a field goal until there was eight seconds left in the second quarter. They had 13 points off from the line up until that point. But uh, they're a scrappy team. They just hung right in and um, cut it down to single digits there a couple times late in the game. That final score was 53-41, Moorfield getting the win. 
And uh, but both teams had come in at nine and ten on the season. Moorfield though getting that victory and uh, Sam, this is you're, you know now you're talking twenty games in for both. I mean we're we're ready to get into the postseason now, and uh, that's kind of a, a good one for both of those teams to see exactly where they are as they get ready for postseason play. Right, um, they are both really young teams. Um, East Hardy predominantly made up of. Uh, pretty much all juniors. They've been together playing since they were freshmen. And with Moorfield, they, um, in their eight or nine person rotation, they have five freshmen that they're working in, and they start as many as three or four of those. So it's uh, a couple young teams, but uh, this far in, there are no young teams. I mean, they've all got experience 20 games in. So tonight it was Moorfield getting that win. As you mentioned, you're not young anymore when you get to this point in the season. Hey, Sam, thanks so much for calling. Sorry we're up against a hard break. Um, again, thanks so much for calling, and we look forward to talking with you again next week. Yes, indeed. Thanks, guys. All right, the Sam Blizzard, WELD Radio in Hardy County. And, uh, of course, Pendleton County getting beat tonight was kind of a, a little bit of a surprise on the boys' side. They're now 13-3, and three, but, um, you know, this is, the again, you can, you, you, you can throw it away. You can't let that one game beat you twice, though, either. And, of course, tonight, girls game, Moorfield and East Hardy, they're in the same section. That, they may meet again here in a little bit. They may meet again. And, Ryan, that region, with all the realignment, now has a Gilmore County, of course, Tucker's on the side with Moorfield. And uh, that's going to be a rugged uh, way out of that region. One hour in the books here on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia as we take our fourth break. When we come back, We'll have a full scoreboard update as well as a full plate of guests. Of course, you can tweet us at hoops underscore roundup. Call us 1-855-78-HOOPS. That's 1-855-784-6677. The second hour of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia begins in two minutes here on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. Special thanks tonight to all of our affiliates, our television affiliates, Network West Virginia on Channel 2 throughout the Mountain State. Great radio stations throughout the Mountain State, too. You can listen on Talk 92.5, WTHMLP, Ravenswood, Ripley. Big thank you to Mike Graham. 94 Rock, WRLF in Fairmont. Power 92 Radio, 92.3 FM, WYRCLP Spencer. 104.5 FM, WASPLP Huntington. 97.9 FM, WSPWLP Parkersburg. 101.1 FM, WVWPLP in Wayne. Knights Radio. 91.5 FM WRSG in Middleburn. Talk Radio WRNR Martinsburg. 106.7 FM WHFI Linside. 95. The Sports Fox WBES Charleston. 101.9 FM and 1290 AM. Our friends in Logan WVOW. Light Rock 93R WRRR. St. Mary's 93.9 FM. 90.7 FM WFGH Fort Gay, WMTD the ticket, 102.3 in Hinton, 98.5 FM and 101.5 FM WQAZLP, Edmund, Meckley, and 101.7 FM, 
WYATLP and Clay, and of course, Marshall University's flagship station, 88.1 FM, WMUL in Huntington. A big thank you to everyone at all of our affiliates carrying the show. You can watch us online, too. Go to basketballnight.com. Click or watch live. Welcome back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. To join tonight's program, call 855-78-HOOPS. That's 855-784-6677. Follow us on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup for all the scores all the time. And visit BasketballNight.com for a comprehensive look at schedules and standings for every team in the state. Stay tuned. Another hour of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia begins right now. 10 o'clock here on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Ryan Epley alongside Rick Marone and Joe Linville. Happy to have you along on the program. If you missed us in the first hour, we spoke with Danny Heater, who scored 135 points in a game in 1960, a cold, snowy night in January of 1960, for Burnsville High School in Braxton County, now part of Braxton County High School, in a victory over Wyden High School, which is now part of Clay County, we haven't really got to sit back and digest that interview. We'll do that in, in a few moments. But uh, also, always uh, good to hear. Guys, one of the things that I enjoy about this program, before we get to our scoreboard here and then our standout athlete of the week with Dylan Stone, is when we have a chance to kind of share history with you. And Danny Heater is someone that, quite frankly, I think a lot of people in West Virginia who even follow high school basketball may not be aware of what he did now 57 years ago. Well, I'll tell you, high school fans in West Virginia can throw your chest out a little further now to know that we lead the nation uh, with Danny Heater's accomplishment. And uh, tell you what, it's going to take a, a humongous task to defeat that record. I can just tell you that. It stood for 57 <laughs> years. It may stand for another And 57. he did it without a three-point line. And I, I thought I was the only one old enough to know when I played there was no three-point line either. Uh, and no, we didn't have the peach baskets to get up and pull the ball out every time. But it's good to hear someone and not think about that. I mean, 135 without a three-point line. Right. Absolutely incredible. And, guys, as we know, this is the time of year where the scores start to become a little more important. We start to sort things out. Sectional seeding starts to become a factor. We know you want scores. It's time for another BasketballNight.com scoreboard update. Looking for scores? Look no more. Let's look at the BasketballNight.com scoreboard. We have a truckload of scores pouring in tonight. On the boys' side, Steubenville, Ohio, 70. Brook, 44. Riverside, the Warriors knock off Cabell Midland, 60-46. to The Hedgesville Eagles, 59-40 to winners over Spring Mills. The Ripley Vikings get a big road win over Hurricane, 60-57. to The Jefferson Cougars, 54-50 winners over Washington. Wheeling Park falls to Morgantown. The Mohegans, 68. Wheeling Park, 59. Martinsburg, 79-57 winners over the Appleman for Musselman. The Black Eagles of South Charleston, 75. Parkersburg, 67. The Woodrow Wilson Flying Eagles on a hot streak, 69-57 over Spring Valley. GW, 78-54 for St. Albans. 76-62, 76-62, Greenbrier East gets a win over Princeton. Pocahontas County with a big road win over Riverview. 58-38, they knock off the Raiders. Philip Barber, the Colts, 
65. The Golden Tornado of Kaiser, 60. Gilmer County, the Titans, 72. 53 winners over Braxton County. In the Logan County matchup, Chapmanville, 73. Logan, 62. A packed house. Watch that one. A huge win for Chapmanville. Independence falls tonight. James Monroe, 61. Independence, 55. And Polka gets a big road win at Sissonville. The Dots, 67. Sissonville, 53. Joe, you got to look at the rest of the boys' scores. Mango Central went on the road to Wayne and defeated the Pioneers tonight, 65-57. It was Westside winners over county rivals Wyoming East, 65-54. Shane Jenkins had 26 points in that game for Westside. It was 100 on the road to Harmon. Panthers win it over the Hornets, 64-48. It was Charleston Catholic, the Irish, pick winners tonight over Summers County, 86-47. Magnolia hosted Cameron. Cameron, the, the Dragons, come up the winners tonight, 67-58. Meta Bridge winners tonight over Pawpaw, 66-46. It was Tucker County winners tonight over Pendleton County, 67 67- 59. Ravenswood picks up another win tonight over Parkersburg Catholic, 64-55. Midland Trail in a close one defeated the Sherman Tide, 59-54. Tug Valley, big winners tonight over St. Joe, 80-62. Fayetteville, the Pirates still undefeated, pull off a close one, 50-49 over the Valley Greyhounds. It was the Wahama Falcons over South Galia, Ohio, 46-45. 46-45. Webster County defeats Roan County 79-73. It was uh, Wheeling uh, Catholic over or Wheeling Central, correction on that, over St. Clairsville 74-71. And Ritchie County defeated Work County 58-45. Ryan? Girls scores tonight. University a 65-55 winner over Preston. It was Grafton defeating Berkeley Springs 51-45. Fayetteville goes to 16-3 with a 59-29 victory at Oak Hill. The Bridgeport Indians defeat Elkins tonight, 56-27. It was Fairmont Senior over East Fairmont, 65-45. Independence beats Montcalm, 37-35 the final in that one. It was Tucker County, a road winner over Petersburg, 49-30. Pikeview defeats Shady Spring, 79-34. It was Moorefield over East Hardy, 53-41. Hannon defeats Covenant Christian, 49-44. Pocahontas County over Tigers Valley, 58-38. Summers County over Charleston Catholic, 53-44. And Tyler Consolidated defeats South Harrison, 59-47. That's your basketballnight.com scoreboard. Always go to at hoops underscore roundup on Twitter or basketballnight.com for all the scoreboard updates. Time now for our standout athlete of the week. Dylan Stone joins us now. And, Dylan, this week it's Marcus McAfee, correct? Yes, McAfee. Yeah. All right, from Oak Glen High School. And uh, he's a young man who does a whole lot for his ball club, but he comes off the bench to make an impact for the Golden Bears. Yeah, he does. He's uh, he's another one of the two-sport athletes, and uh, baseball is really his – his uh, his area uh, of expertise, but on the on the basketball court, he he does come off the bench, but he was also voted as a team captain. So that that really speaks to the leadership skills that he has and, and the way that his teammates feel about him. Well, he cleans up the highways, so I found that interesting. He does. He's uh, just it's just something that he has taken upon himself. He's not uh, part of any kind of uh, you know 
adopt a highway program. It's just twice a year he goes out and uh, he he does he, he cleans up uh, alongside the highway. So that's something that uh, he's done for the last couple of years and just another facet of giving back to the community, which as you'll find out is is uh, a big part of, of who Marcus is. So he didn't adopt the highway. He just kind of took a part of it. Yeah, he, he, just, right? he just took it. Yeah, <laughs> no, just took it. no doubt. And also um, beyond that, a member of the National Honor Society and the Key Club as well. Yeah, he's, he's involved in uh, several uh, extracurricular activities, uh, not, uh, not only relating to community service, but also academically as well, and uh, National Honor Society, Key Club. He's also been a member of the uh, OVAC all-academic team. So uh, on the court and on the baseball diamond, he's, he's, he's impressive. Off the court, maybe more impressive. And Dylan has more now with this week's standout Athlete of the Week. It is becoming increasingly rare to find someone that truly embodies a team-first attitude and the traits of selflessness and generosity. However, one such student-athlete calls Oak Glen High School home. Marcus McAfee, a senior for the Golden Bears, gives all-out effort between the lines and is always looking to assist both on and off the court. His mother, Michelle, says he is never afraid to put his body on the line for the team. Well, he's always kind of been more of a defensive player. He'll pounce on a ball. If it's loose, he'll go through a brick wall to get to the ball if he has to. Coaches have always told me that he gives 110% at practice and at games. Away from basketball, Marcus puts in as much extra work as necessary. And as his former teacher, Jennifer Loveland, says, that has always been the case. He didn't mind putting in the extra work at all, but he is very smart. So he did do well. But when you would ask him to do more or I would push him to do more and push him beyond his level, he didn't mind that. He didn't get frustrated or upset. His mother echoes that sentiment, saying that Marcus has had to grind for all he has achieved and has the resolve to see things through. He's a driven individual. He's motivated. He's very determined. If he wants something, he's determined that he will figure out a way to get it. But he's worked hard to get there. He's worked hard for everything he has. Michelle also says that her son manages his time well, and he owes that to his maturity. It does take a lot of maturity. Somehow he achieves what he needs to achieve. I don't know quite how, but it has taught him some time management skills. He just knows what he has to have done, and he does figure out within his school day and coming home and what he needs to do. And he's very fortunate that he does learn very quickly, so that does help quite a bit. He's a hard worker. But he's a very quick learner also, so he's very fortunate for that. Marcus's most impressive achievement may be the creation of Project Roses. He dreamed up the idea on his own and has seen it implemented all four years of his high school career. For Project Roses, he buys and passes out roses to every girl at his school for Valentine's Day, and this year extended it out to the middle and elementary schools. He puts in the time to raise the money for the flowers and also to disperse them every year. His mother says his goal for the project was to make each girl feel cared for. Started out his freshman year, and he made a box and everything and decorated like a Valentine's box. And he took them to school and just passed them out. And then the next year, he's like, oh, I want to give some more to some more kids. And he saw the smiles on their faces, and he said, Mom, I want everyone to feel special. And he took it upon himself, and that's what he's done. The ultimate goal for Marcus is to complete college and become a physician's assistant. And as his mother says, that all stems back to his desire to give support. I want to see everybody smile, and he says, my whole goal in life is to help others. That's why I want to be a physician assistant. He says, I want to be able to help others. That's his whole goal. With the altruistic nature and diligent attitude he exhibits, Marcus McAfee is certainly deserving of being recognized as this week's Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia Standout Athlete of the Week. His community involvement and school activities have given him invaluable experience, and he has set up well for attainment of his lofty goals. 
For Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia, I'm Special Correspondent Dylan Stone. Thanks so much, Dylan. And, you know, I like how we just kind of transition right back to the phones, <laughs> just like it's no big deal. Uh, right now we go back to the phone line, though, and uh, very, very uh, honored to have with us the now governor of the state of West Virginia and the head basketball coach for the Greenbrier East Boys and Girls teams, Jim Justice. And, Governor, I'm going to have to call you Governor Justice now instead of just coach. Listen, you can call me Governor, Coach, Jim, 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 or just my <laughs> Hey, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Hey, you're, you know, we'll get into the governor stuff in a moment, but uh, a nice win for for your boys' basketball team tonight against Princeton. Well, I, I mean, you know, really, uh, the Princeton boys don't have all that great record and everything, but they uh, they played us tough, and and you know, they, I've got a, I've got some kids that you know are hurt. My big my big kids hurt, and we played them a little bit in the first half. It didn't play them in the second half. But, you know, it, it, you know, we started him. We played like ten seconds, but uh, but he's getting better, and uh, you know, our kids are our kids play hard, and and it was a hard fought game, and. We had a little kid, you know, a kid that doesn't play an awful lot for us. He's a senior. His name's Stephen Winnings, and uh, but he was in the game early, and he was in the game in the first half. But he got got right in the game real late in the game, and you know everybody needs to say a little prayer for Stephen. I mean, he took a shot and went down, hit his head, his elbow. He 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 went down as hard as I've ever seen anybody go down. But he uh, he's a tough kid, and he's hanging in there. I just hope and pray he'd be okay. Well, now you're a couple of weeks, about a month now, into uh, being governor and the head coach of both the boys and girls at the same time. And I know your state of the state address, you used a whiteboard. And I just want to talk about that for a moment. It really felt like a coachable moment watching the state of the state. Well, I, you know, I, I, I'm not going to deliver something like a, a great professional orator. I, you know, I'm. I really believe that people just want someone to talk and talk to them, you know, on the plain, good, truthful talk. And, and, you know, at the same time, if people were kind enough to humble me and put me into office and give me their vote, and they entrust me to try to give them a pathway to get out of this mess, you know, uh, I hate like crazy, you know, everybody, everybody's, a lot of people are saying, well, you know, justice wants these tax, you know, uh, additional taxes laid on people. But justice doesn't want one ounce of additional taxes. Justice wants to save our state from just drifting into total oblivion. And, and justice wants the net net to be the lowering of our taxes. I mean, I, you know, we have got to some way not just completely pull the plug on everything we have. And, and and justice doesn't want that. But what justice wants is if we can all belly up to the bar, pay a half a cent more on our sales tax, a half a penny, and our businesses will come forward and pay two-tenths of a percent, then what I'll be able to do is just take that and in almost no time, we'll be able to sunset that and get rid of that and come back right back to where we are. But if we don't do that, we've got to have that to stabilize us. And then in addition to that, right behind that, what we have to do to get us up off our back is this road package. 
and the road package will send us on our way, and then we'll be able to sunset and get rid of this half a penny and get rid of this two-tenths on our businesses, and we'll be off and going. If we don't do that, guys, we've had it. And the bottom line of the whole thing is everybody needs to realize you put me in office to fix it. I didn't create this mess. I mean, honest to goodness, this is a mess like nobody can imagine. And honestly, honestly, people need to realize we are on the verge of losing everything we have and having no hope of pulling out of this. I mean, we are on the verge of not having state police. We're on the verge of closing every university, everything we have except Marshall and WVU. We're on the verge of closing all of our state parks, doing away with Promise Scholarship gotten our senior and, and that isn't even enough and then what are we going to do i mean then it's just going to then we're going to go into the china syndrome it's just going to spiral and get worse and we're going to have no way of climbing climbing out of anything honestly Pete, it's as bad as bad could ever be Sounds like people, you know, the state really don't realize how bad our finances are in. But, uh, Coach, let's get back to talking basketball here real quickly. Uh, as Ryan mentioned, you know, you're now running the state of West Virginia, and you've got two pretty successful ball clubs going on down there in Greenbrier County. The girls are 17-4. and four, The boys are 12-5. and five. How is it uh, jockeying your schedule and trying to fit all this in? Well, I mean, you know, it's busy, but, uh, but you you, you got to remember – you know, I was running 102 businesses before, and now I'm not doing anything whatsoever with our businesses. So, you know, it's a little bit of running and everything, but uh, the basketball season will be winding to an end here real soon. And, uh, you know, we're, you know, my first and foremost job, as I told you guys before, is going to be the, be the governor. And, uh, you know, I, I've got qualified assistance and everything, but, uh, you know, thus far uh, we've been able to do it. It's no big, no big deal. I guess you have to do something to pass the time, right? Yeah, well, you know, I love kids. I absolutely do love kids. And, 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 you know, even though it's work, it energizes you, too. You know, I mean, I've got co- great time of days, guys. I've, co- I've coached for 40 years. I've coached 1,200 games. You know, I've, I've, I really do enjoy being with the kids. And, and, and it gives me a lot of knowledge. I mean, you know, really and truly uh, – we have major problems in this state within education and and being with the kids, being in the schools, it's given me the ability to be ready to do something to really help us educationally, help our teachers, help our schools, help our students. And, and so, so uh, no, I, I, I'm not going to be ashamed in any way about the fact that I, I have the privilege to be able to be with the kids. Well, Coach, you mentioned that it's uh, getting toward the postseason, and with with that, obviously, you, you would like to get both your boys and girls teams to join you in Charleston. And I, I guess, from a logistics standpoint, now as the governor, um, I, I have to ask about situations where, when you play road games uh, specifically, um, what kind of security measures do you have to have now with you? Well, I mean, you know, the state police is right with me all the time, and, uh, you know, and 
and and that's a little cumbersome to tell you the truth. But uh, but I, I got to tell you a story real quick because this, this is really interesting. But uh, the you know I, I was inaugurated on on mon- Monday, and on the Tuesday following that, we played a road game at Princeton, and and so it was a girls' game, and so I'm at Princeton, and I'm walking in. State police is right behind me. We get get through the game. Come out, get in the car. State police says, now, now, Governor, I'm going to, you know, if you look in your you know, rearview mirror, you know, I'm going to be right behind you, and uh, we'll be following you all the way to Lewisburg. And I said, okay, fine. We take off. We get to the gent toll booth, and as I'm going through the gent toll booth, you know, I, I, all of a sudden the, the cruiser behind me pulls in front of me, and 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 I wasn't. I just happened that I wasn't driving at that point in time because I'm just driving my my own car. I mean, I'm putting my own gas in my own car and driving my own car. I don't think the state needs to be paying for me to have a special car. And and, and so, but anyway, all that being said, cruiser goes right by us. Well, it just so happened that you know through the inauguration and everything, I was a little tired, so I I, I let the fellow with me, Mo Ball, my best buddy, and Kathy was sitting in the back seat behind Mo. He was driving. Well, all of a sudden, the cruiser goes through the toll booth, and I said, well, no, he must be wanting us to keep up with him, and he's going pretty daggum fast. And I said, well, good, we'll get home faster. (laughs) Then I realized, well, Moe's vehicle is at Bob Evans on Harper Road, and he's going to turn towards Lewisburg. And all of a sudden, we're going... 70, 80, maybe 90 miles an hour, and I said, keep up with him, Moe, let's go. (laughs) <laughs> and, and so all of a sudden, then Kathy says, well, how's he going to know that we're going to Bob Evans, you know, on Harper Road, exit 44? And so I called the state police, and they said, we'll take care of it. We'll call. Well, just a minute, they called back and said, Governor, the trooper in front of you is not with you. He's, a, he's taking a prisoner to jail. And, and, so, and he said, in fact, the trooper behind you, said he can't hardly keep up with y'all what are y'all doing and, and so that was my first day <laughs> well i guess you gotta learn right <laughs> uh, other than that everything's been great uh, good times. Jim Justice, the governor of the state of West Virginia and the boys and girls high school basketball coach uh, of Greenbrier East. And you mentioned education there, and you mentioned working with kids. And I know that you've got to – and you touched on this, but uh, you, you've been a high school coach for both the boys and girls for about the last five years or six years of just the high school level. Uh, also the girls' high school coach now for, I believe, 14, 15, maybe longer. And I apologize if I got that one wrong. But um, – you get to see kids every day in a in a practice environment. You get to see these kids right after school. Um, I, I know any anybody who's a coach out there knows what's going on with the with their players in school. Uh, do you feel that that perspective gives you a little bit of a uh, you know something that maybe a lot of people, a lot of politicians, who quite frankly haven't been in a classroom in a long time, uh, gives you a, a different perspective perspective than what they have. Well, sure it does. I mean, you know, that that's the thing that uh, I do bring a lot of experience in a lot of different areas to the table. You know, we're we're in the mining business. We, you know, we're in oil and gas and tourism. And I'm I'm the biggest farmer east of the Mississippi River. Been that in the past. And 
you know, and 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 really involved with kids and education and stuff. So, I, you know, I've made a lot of mistakes and I've learned a lot of stuff, and uh, and and so I can bring to the table a lot of insight that maybe just politicians can't or don't have, and so so I, I really uh, I, I really think. I think we've got a golden opportunity with this state, and uh, and there's so much that can be done, and we can restore hope, and we can have real prosperity, and we can have employment. And uh, now there's things we're going to have to do. We're going to have to all join in and pull the rope together a little bit to get there. But I'm telling you, if uh, if we continue to do just what we've done, the last three or four years, and that's all we've done is two things, and that is drain our rainy day fund, kick the can down the road, cut the low-hanging fruit, and we are we are just disabilitating our whole functioning of our body. I mean, if this if this state were a factory or it were a human being, we are absolutely you know, disabling our, our, our body. And, and, and if we, if, if we don't watch out, I mean, our heart rate now is 20. And if we think we can cut our heart rate down to two or five and we're ever going to get up off the bed, we're not going to get up guys. We're just going to die. And it's really sad. And people better realize that, uh, I can take, I can put them on a pathway, and and uh, I can put them on a pathway to lower taxes, and a pathway to real prosperity. But they're going to have to go with me, you know. And and if they opt not to, well, you know, I, I use the example in the state of the state. You know, I always believe that anybody got caught by Frankenstein deserved to die. Well, if they opt not opt. To, to just keep on going the same way we're going, well, they deserve to die. We all deserve to die because that's what's going to happen to us. Jim Justice, governor of the state of West Virginia and the boys and girls basketball coach at Greenbury State. Tomorrow you've got Elkins. And I want to mention something quickly before we let you go. I know you've got a, a, another full day tomorrow, you know, governor, and uh, basketball ba- two basketball games tomorrow as well. Uh, your, your schedules have been kind of non-traditional since Greenbrier East left the MSAC, and uh, I know you've played Wayne in boys basketball the last few years. That's across the state. Uh, Elkins coming in from a different part of the state as well, and, and I know I know the folks at Wayne. I, that's where I graduated from. They enjoy going there. It's a it's an opportunity for them to to get to see that part of the state. It's a beautiful part of the state. The Greenbrier Valley is, I think, it's the most beautiful part of the state of West Virginia, but. Uh, in some ways, you're also have over the past few years given kids an opportunity to come in and see some of the neat areas of West Virginia they would not normally get to visit. Well, I mean, that's right, you know. But but the neat thing is, you know, we have a we and we had to work to get to this. This isn't just something just fell out of the sky. But we have incredible support at our games and so you know we have gigantic crowds and 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 it's exciting and uh and and you know and then you know when we can you know we've we've been able to you know i mean some some coaches have called ahead and said you know is there any chance that uh you know the kids could go on a bunker tour or something over to Greenbrier or something like that and we've we've made arrangements for them to be able to do that and uh you know but but you know that's 
I mean that there's been there's been teams that have been caught, you know, caught here in the weather, and you know we had to put them up, you know, and, you know five years ago, and so it's just uh, it, it is a great community here. We're really proud of you know the Greenbar Greenbar County and Lewisburg and all the the surrounding area, but uh, but there's so many parts of the state that are just you know just so beautiful beyond belief, and you know we we just. I just really am. I just keep going back to the same thing, guys. I, I just want goodness for all of our state, and uh, and and we're going to get there some way, somehow. We're going to get there. Governor Justice, thanks so much for joining us tonight, and best wishes to your boys and girls basketball teams as uh, postseason play starts for the girls next week. All right, guys. Thank you so much for all you do. I mean, uh, you know, you're doing a wonderful service for our state. And, you're making a lot of kids and families feel awfully good all the time, and uh, that doesn't go unnoticed. I surely appreciate you. So thanks again. Oh, we thank you so thank much. You. Again, that's Governor Jim Justice and the and Coach Jim Justice, boys and girls coach at Greenbrier East. Tell you what, uh, proud to, to see a coach, a fellow coach, uh, in the governor's mansion. And uh, I always knew we were the smartest uh, occupation. So I'll, I'll uh, but in, in reality, in, in all seriousness, uh, as a fellow coach, it, it makes me proud to, to have him there leading the charge and telling the truth. I mean, I don't think anybody can ask for anything but the truth. And boy, he laid it out there. There's work to be done. He says, grab the rope and let's get it done. So. I don't know about you, Joe, but uh, I got my hands on the rope. Let's get it going. Exactly. And I, I heard somebody make a comment last night and said something about him, you know, not being a polished politician. Well, he, he'll he be the first person <laughs> to admit he is not. I'm a businessman. I just want to make a change. Well, and not to get into a political thing here, but I'll say this. As he said, he, he inherited a mess. I don't think that's the fault of any one person. Right. That's a combination of – factors from washington to charleston decisions that were made in the past and you know we we can't dwell on that we've got to do what we can right now we can't go for the short-term fix because we're in it for the long haul guys (laughs) so uh, a lot of fun we we appreciate governor justice taking time out to talk with us and we'll talk more uh basketball friday night in west virginia when we come back we're a full break behind we'll talk with chris kidd wbow radio and logan Get that Logan Chapmanville boys game. Standing room only. And unlike in Burnsville 57 years ago, they have bleachers there. But no, we'll talk about that when we get back on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. basketball then there's only one place to be on friday nights after the game it's basketball friday night in west virginia doug workman point pleasant knights lauren antelock east fairmont bees chandler stacy spring valley timberwolves emily sarburn trinity christian warriors seth meadows pikeville pikeview panthers beta Almani, charleston catholic irish reese nichols Clay County Panthers. What they've all got in common is they were selected by Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia as the standout athlete of the week. You've got someone remarkable on your team or an athlete that made an outstanding play, you can nominate your team's players to become the Basketball Friday Night Standout Athlete of the Week. 
Each week, we consider nominees based on leadership, performance on the court, academic performance, involvement in the community, and volunteer work. Every Friday night, we select a standout athlete of the week. Head over to our website, basketballnight.com, click on the standout athlete of the week tab, fill out the nomination form, we'll take it from there. We want you to nominate your team's athletes. And we also want to congratulate Ellis Bryson III, Mount View Golden Knights, last week was selected as the standout athlete of the week. And we got a new one coming up. We want you to become part of the Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia family, of course. You can follow us on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup, at Hoops underscore Roundup. Tweet us your team's scores. Give us your comments on the game. Shout out to Melanie, Greg W., Sean Butterfield, Rosalie Thompson, CMC Millen, who joined us on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup. Stay up to date on your favorite teams. Check out BasketballNight.com. Now, back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia with Coach Rick Marone and Ryan Epling. It's 1032 on this Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling, Rick Marone, Joe Linville with you. Thanks so much to Governor Jim Justice for joining us on the program a little bit earlier. I know we're a little bit behind. We'll get a scoreboard in a few moments. You know what? It's, it is 1030. Let's go ahead and do the scoreboard now and then we'll talk with chris kidd at wvow radio uh in just a minute so let's do a scoreboard update now you know what i'll lead it off for you guys i'll, I'll make it easy and then we'll let joe do the bottom half of the boys scores and we'll give coach marone the girls scores tonight looking for scores look no more visit basketballnight.com you think we talk about this during the break and have it all sorted out <laughs> now we'll just do it on the air anyway boys basketball action tonight steubenville ohio defeats brooks 70 to 44 it was riverside 60 cabell midland 46 Hedgesville defeats Spring Mills tonight, 59-40. Ripley picks up a 60-57 victory at Hurricane. They went to overtime in the Eastern Panhandle, but Jefferson able to knock off Washington, 54-50. Morgantown picks up a 68-59 win over Wheeling Park. It was Martinsburg over Musselman, 79-57. Bulldogs get the win. Just, Mar- just Musselman's third loss of the season. That one, though, comes at home. It was South Charleston defeating Parkersburg, 75-67. Woodrow Wilson beats Spring Valley, 69-57. George Washington picks up a win at St. Albans, 78-54. It was Greenbrier East over Princeton tonight, 76-62. Also, it was Pocahontas County picking up a 58-38 win over Riverview. Philip Barber is 14-3 and as the Colts beat the Kaiser Golden Tornado tonight, 65-60. It was Gilmer County going to 16-2. The Titans beat Braxton County on the road, 72-53. Chapmanville Regional defeats Logan, 73-62. It had been 1950 since Chapmanville had beaten Logan before this year. The Tigers beat the Wildcats for the second time in as many tries. James Monroe beats Independence tonight, 61-55. And Polka picks up a 67-53 win over Sissonville behind 27 points from Jacob Phillips. 
It was the Mingo Central Miners picking up another win. They get a 15-3 on the season with a win over Wayne, 65-57. West side down the Wyoming East Warriors, 65-54. Shane Jenkins had 26 points in that game for the Renegades. It was Harmon over 100, 64-48. Charleston Catholic, the Irish, pick up a win tonight over Summers County, 86-47. It was Cameron over Magnolia, 67-58. Metabridge picked up a win over Pawpaw, 66-46. Tucker County on the road at Pendleton County picks up the win, 67-59. It was Ravenswood, winners over Parkersburg Catholic tonight, 64-55. Midland Trail down the Sherman Tide, 59-54. It was Tug Valley, big winners tonight over Huntington St. Joe. The Irish fall to the Panthers, 80-62. Tyler May picked up 21 points and Levi Davis, 20 for Tug Valley. It was Fayetteville and a close one over to the Valley uh, Fayette Greyhounds tonight. To remain unbeaten at 18-0, they pick up that win 50-49. It was Wahama over South Gallia, Ohio, 46-45. It was the Webster County Highlanders over Roan County tonight, 79-73. Wheeling, uh, excuse me, Wheeling Central over St. Clairsville, 74-71. And Ritchie County winners tonight, 58-45 over Wirt County. Now let's look at the girls' scores. On the girls' side tonight, University gets a win over Preston, 65-55. The Grafton Lady Bearcats, 51. Berkeley Springs, 45. Fayetteville, the Lady Pirates, 59. Oak Hill, 29. Bridgeport Indians, 56-27. Winners over Elkins. In the Battle of Fairmont, it was Fairmont Senior, 65. The East Fairmont Bees, 45. Montcalm and Independence, Nip and Tuck. Independence gets the win, 37 35. Tucker County, a big win for the Mountain Lions. They go to 18-3. They knock off Petersburg 49-30. The Pikeview Panthers, Coach Karen Miller's crew 79-34. Winners over Shady Springs. And also on the girls' side, Moorefield. We talked about this game earlier, 53-41. Winners over the East Hardy Cougars. Covenant Christian falls to Hannon. The Lady Wildcats 49-44 winners. Pocahontas County 58. Tigers Valley 38. Summers County gets a big win over Charleston Catholic. That's a regional matchup in Region 3, 53-44. The final in that one for the Lady Bobcats. And Tyler Consolidated, 59. South Harrison, 47. That's a look at your basketballnight.com scoreboard. We are one break behind, so we'll talk with Chris Kidd, WVOW Radio, in a moment, as well as our standout athlete of the week. That and much more when Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia continues here on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. For scores online, all of them in West Virginia, visit basketballnight.com. Streaming video live from the studios at Marshall University. Visit BasketballNight.com for video, audio, and the Basketball Friday Night scoreboard. You can watch our live high-definition video stream by going to BasketballNight.com. It takes just one click to watch. You can also watch our video stream on Network West Virginia, throughout West Virginia, on Channel 2. And, of course... Listen online with any computer or mobile device by clicking the Listen Live tab on BasketballNight.com. And we're on 
great radio stations throughout the Mountain State. And we want to thank everyone for carrying Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. We also want you to send us pictures. If you're watching the video or watching on Network West Virginia, check out those pictures that are on right now. We'd like for you to get your pictures featured in our video stream. Send them to us at hoops underscore roundup on Twitter, at hoops underscore roundup. You can also go to the RSN Sports Facebook page. And, of course, we stream live, Facebook Live, every show. And you can send it to us there by the RSN Sports Facebook page or the RSN Sports Instagram page. Get us your pics. We'll feature them next week. Don't forget the poll question. Join us online. Vote before 1145 tonight. This is Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Stay up to date on your favorite teams. Check out BasketballNight.com. Now, back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia with Coach Rick Marone and Ryan Epling. 1040 on this Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling, Rick Marone, and Joe Linville with you. We'll catch up with Chris Kidd, WBOW Radio, in Logan County in just a moment. He had to call Chapmanville Regionals win over Logan. Yep, Chris, we're putting you on hold a little bit longer, buddy. <laughs> That's because Marcus McAfee, our standout athlete of the week from Oak Glen High School, joins us now. He is a young man with a 4.075 GPA, also a member of the Key Club, and was named a team captain despite being a, not being a starter. Coach Brown, you ever have one of those? Uh, we have. Uh, it's a high honor and uh, says a lot about uh, this young man's uh, hard work and dedication. Character, I think, is the, the big word yeah. there. And Marcus joins us now on the program. First off, Marcus, congratulations on being this week's Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia Standout Athlete of the Week. Thank you. All right, we, it means a lot. Hey, we, we like to talk about much more than just basketball. And we'll talk a little bit about uh, the Golden Bears here in just a moment. But I want to talk about something that you're able to do uh, outside of the realm of school, and that is a uh, what you named Project Roses. This is something you created. Tell me what Project Roses is all about. All right, so like Project Roses was made really like last year, but I had this idea since my freshman year in high school. But um, last year I kind of expanded it a little bit more. I raised $900, and I gave flowers out to the school, all the girls at the school. Then I went to a local nursing home, gave out flowers all, all up there. And then I went to some of the local businesses and, like, gave them out there. And then I just sort of, you know, gave them out to people that I see around town and stuff like that. But this year I kind of expanded, and I raised $1,500. And I plan to go to the middle school and the end of elementary schools around my area. Talking with Marcus McAfee of Oak Glen High School. And uh, Marcus, something I just mentioned there with Coach Marone is that despite not being a starter, you're still a team captain. And that means that your teammates 
do still put a lot of uh, stock in the value that you bring to the program and to that team. Uh, tell me a little bit about what that means to you to, to get that honor from them, not simply for your ability, but for also your leadership qualities. Um, that means a lot to me because my teammates are we, – we really try to be the best that we can be. We work all summer, and we put everything into this sport. And sometimes, you know, we – we uh, we don't end up winning, but I mean, we we've worked really hard to get to the point where we are now. And the seniors of like of my class, we we're uh, we're pretty dedicated to this game, and um, it means a lot because ever since like my freshman year, I always had like that hustle quality. I feel like, and I always want to get the ball. I don't. I'm not a big scorer or anything, but I play a lot of defense, and that's where my part of the game really helps out. But um. I know my role, and all my teammates know their roles, and that sort of is how our uh, game flows, pretty much. Your ball club defeated Kaiser last time out, 75-65. Also had a win over Steubenville Central Catholic, Ohio, uh, one week ago. So two straight wins for the Golden Bears. Uh, Tell me a little bit about how being a catcher on the baseball team kind of fits into your personality because uh, anybody who follows baseball closely knows that the game runs through the catcher. Yeah. Um, for catching, I think it kind of made me like hard nerves, like sort of like, like I don't want to like back down to anyone. I kind of like stand up for my teammates, sort of. I don't let them get pushed around. And with that, like, it, it's also like a, like I feel like I want to be in control sometimes and want to like, communicate is a big big key with catching so i think that communication is helps a lot with basketball like on defense telling people like i got this man or switch or hedge a screen or something like that or anything that helps with like defense and sometimes offensively with picks and things like that but it's mainly communication marcus mcafee a senior at oak glen high school this week's basketballnight.com standout athlete of the week marcus congratulations we wish you and the golden bears the best of luck in the ovac and then on toward postseason play thanks i hope i see you guys down in charleston hey that sounds like a plan right there that's marcus mcafee of oak Glen high school and before we go to break guys and we'll, we'll get with chris kidd and dave morrison after the break but um, that's the second time that I'm aware of that we've had a catcher in baseball who's also been uh, a standout basketball player, and, and it, it doesn't surprise me, though. No, it doesn't surprise me in our, pre- our previous. There we go. It helps when the yeah, microphone's when you turn, on. When you turn the mic on, it helps. Coach. I've been gone a couple of weeks. Y'all changed things on me. But uh, the, the previous standout of the week that we had that was a catcher also had a record for charges taken. Right. And I think uh, with Marcus uh, – you just see a mentality there, and I just love as a coach for a student athlete to come on and really take pride in his defense, take pride in communicating. Those are things that are in short supply, I can tell you. Boys, girls, <clears throat> professional down to, to buddy league, those are what make a team a team. And, Joe, he's got his uh, priorities straight, and then the Roses uh, project he does I was going to say, you know, <laughs> the that, that's right. a good move right there. That Very is. good move. I mean, you know, he's – got to be popular with the ladies you know <laughs> and you know valentine's day is coming up Next on week. tuesday yeah. so you know, i wonder hey. if he would expand his area maybe cover down south this way maybe we can work with him on that yeah <laughs> I mean, 
we'll have to get our Marcus and our uh, Dylan Stone to work on that for us. But uh, right now, we'll step aside, take a break. When we come back, Chris Kidd, WVOW Radio, Dave Morrison, ESPN Radio, The Ticket. We'll talk with both of those guys. They had the big rivalry games in southern West Virginia. This is Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. If you love basketball, then there's only one place to be on Friday nights after the game. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia. The Marshall University Sports Journalism degree is designed for you to find a job to put your knowledge and training to work after graduation. The program allows for students to concentrate on one of three exciting areas, print, public relations, or broadcasting. Our curriculum features skill-based courses and priorities prioritizes hands-on real-life experiences that not only exposes the students' work to the public, but also to sports journalism professionals who are often willing to provide crucial feedback and career-launching advice. Marshall has 15 varsity teams that afford sports journalism majors the opportunities to cover them in any media format, including text, online, photo, radio, or video. Hands-on experiences come through Marshall's student-powered media, the Parthenon, WMUL Radio, and Herd TV, as well as communications campaigns, off-campus internships, and expansive alumni network in all areas of expertise. The Marshall University School of Journalism is ready and eager to help you start your sports media career. Learn more about the exciting possibilities by visiting Marshall. Edu slash SOJMC. Thanks for joining us tonight. We appreciate everybody sending us tweets tonight. Join us on Twitter at hoops underscore roundup at hoops underscore roundup. And a shout out to new followers Lisa Grayley, Jay Miller, and Derek Basil. Thank you for following us on Twitter at hoops underscore roundup. Celebrating high school basketball around the Mountain State, you're listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to your hosts, Coach Rick Marone and Ryan Epling. 10.49 on this Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling, Joe Linville, and Rick Marone with you here tonight. With you until midnight here on this February 10th, 2017. A great night of high school basketball in the Coalfields. Two of the biggest rivalries. One of them is kind of a reboot of a rivalry here. This Chapmanville-Logan rivalry kind of restarting with Logan dropping to AA after about eight years at the AAA level. They'd had about eight years at AA before that and they've been AAA for a long time prior to that. So this rivalry has been a little disjointed from that standpoint. But they played tonight in Chapmanville. The Tigers get the home win. Chris Kidd, WVOW Radio, joins us now. He had the call of that one. And Chris, a uh, full gym tonight at Chapmanville. Full gym, I guess you could say, from this late afternoon on. First off, Ryan, how dare you? How dare you put the governor on before me? Hey, come on now. Of all people, of all things. 
No, I love listening to that conversation. That was a great conversation, great interview with the governor, and I'm glad you guys were able to have him on. And when I called in and I was told by your board operator, the governor, so I was like, well, I guess, you know, he takes precedence. (laughs) (laughs) You got pulled, but not that much. (laughs) Yeah, I got got edged down a little bit by Jim Justice, but definitely – yeah, definitely have him on as long as possible instead of me. But, uh, yeah, I mean, we, we uh, I was there from, I've been at Chattanooga Regional High School from 7 a.m. until uh, about 10 p.m. whenever I left. Uh, so it's been a long day at school. But, uh, you know, they started putting tickets on sale at 1 p.m. today. They sold out by 2 p.m. I mean, that's how quick it went with the Logan people coming in trying to buy tickets, all the Chapmanville kids and the students and the uh, and the teachers and all their parents coming in to buy tickets. It was unbelievable. They opened the doors at 4.30. It was full by 4.50. Uh, and, you know, you're talking 40 minutes before the JV game even starts, and that was a great game. You know, Chapmanville won 45-43. Logan missed a three at the buzzer to win it, and Chapmanville's JV team is still undefeated. But, uh, you know, the varsity game was just – uh, a very intense fight back and forth. Uh, every time Chattanooga kind of nudged away, Logan came back. And, you know, we were tied at halftime at 26. We were tied after three at 44. And then in the fourth quarter, you just saw Chattanooga exert their will. Uh, it started out with Obina and Achille killing. Uh, he had a putback dunk in the first 20 seconds of the fourth quarter that really ignited the team, uh, their bench, their, the players on the floor, the crowd. And after that, Chattanooga went on an 8 to nothing run, and that was pretty much it after that. I mean, Logan didn't wilt. They came back. It was just the experience and the intensity of the crowd. I think it just kind of overwhelmed there in the last couple of minutes. Zach Green did a great job preparing Logan for this ball game. Uh, they did a lot. They did a few things different than they did in the first game. They attacked the rim more. They rebounded better. But turnovers were the story tonight. I mean, it was just it was rough on both ends. Logan had 21 turnovers. Chapmanville had 15. But the turnovers that Logan had in the fourth quarter, it just undid them in the end. You know, Chris, I can see uh, George Barker smiling all the way to the bank. He's the athletic director there at Chapmanville. <laughs> I mean, two big games back-to-back weekends, you know. But anyway, back to the basketball game. Uh uh, how did you think Logan looked? I mean, you know, we know what Chapmanville can do. Logan's been kind of up and down. I thought they played a really good defensive game earlier this week against Bridgeport. How did they do defensively tonight against the Tigers? Well, it was interesting, uh, Joe, right off the bat, because I thought they would have Jamal Mentor on Drew Williamson like they did in the first game, but they kind of switched people off on Drew throughout the night. Obviously, the screens, you had people switching and things like that, but uh, they tried to get Mentor a little bit away from him at first, and they'd throw him on him at times, and it threw, threw off at first. He didn't have any points in the first quarter, which is what happened in the first game as well. But Logan just, uh, they, they have so much trouble with some of the bigs inside. Hunter Neal was really the big story tonight for Chapmanville. He had 15 points. He fouled out with just a little under six minutes to go in the fourth quarter. That's where Logan really made a nice adjustment. They challenged Chapmanville's bigs. They got Hunter Neal fouled out. They fouled out Obina and Chile Killen late in the fourth quarter. Uh, and Chapmanville across the board had a ton of foul trouble uh, in this ball game. But, you know, I, I thought Hunter Neal just inside was a, was a big challenge for Logan. But I thought they did a great job closing out on shooters. I think Chapmanville only hit two threes tonight. And this is a good outside shooting team. And they didn't allow Chapmanville to get out on the break. I really can't remember a fast break 
opportunity tonight where Chapmanville was able to convert without a Logan defender back or several Logan defenders back. So I thought Logan made a couple of nice adjustments from the last game to this game, and I thought Brad Knapper did a great job of adjusting in the game at what Logan was doing, whether it was full-court pressure or switching on a Drew or trying to get Drew screened onto the right person so he could maybe drive to the basket or even dish off. But, you know, Chapmanville, I thought they showed a lot tonight just overcoming the fact that Logan kept pushing and pushing and pushing, and Chapmanville just didn't go away. But at the same time, if you're a Logan fan, you had to love how much they were willing to challenge uh, a Tiger team that a lot of people said coming into this. I heard this week some people saying, well, Chapmanville beat them by over 20, and I didn't buy into that. And sure enough, tonight, Logan was right there with them to the very end. I mean, this is a game that you could see in the sectional semifinals to see who gets a chance to play in the sectional finals, and that's granted whatever happens with Chattanooga and Mingo this year, but, you know, I'd love to have this for a third time. It was tremendous to watch this tonight. Chapmanville beats Logan 73-62, and you mentioned Chapmanville and Mingo Central. Mingo Central beat Chapmanville on Saturday at Chapmanville, 59-56 in double overtime. Those two teams will play again coming up on Tuesday on Minor Mountain and a, an opportunity for Chapmanville to get that loss back. And it's a team that's been playing very well over an extended stretch of time now. You get that loss back, you've got to feel good going into the postseason. And Chris, you have about one minute here. Yeah, and I mean, the great thing is we'll talk with all these coaches tomorrow uh, on the Alan Hatcher show on WVRW at 9.30 a.m. Shameless plug. But anyway, uh, after, after we talk with them this week, I mean, you're talking about the possibility for the one seed for this section. I mean, I, I feel like whoever wins this game has the right to say that they deserve that one seed. Obviously, it's up to the coaches at that point, but the Chattanooga's win tonight. They sweep Logan. They've only lost one in the Cardinal Conference. I think if they go to Mingo Central, they win that game after they lost on their home floor in double overtime. I don't see how you deny either of these teams the one seed with whoever wins that game on the, on Tuesday night. I think it's that important, and I think they're about an evenly matched, but it, to me, I think whoever wins that game gets the one seed or should get the one seed. Chris Kidd, WVOW Radio in Logan County as the Chapmanville Regional Tigers. I guess for one night again, it's Chapmanville County. Chapmanville gets the win over Logan <laughs> tonight. Thanks so much, Chris. Have a good weekend. Oh, thank you, guys. You all have a good weekend, too. All right, and big win there for the Tigers tonight. Always a, a big matchup when they get together. It's also always a big matchup when Wyoming East and West Side get together. We'll talk with Dave Morrison of ESPN Radio, The Ticket. Also talk with, uh, you know, our resident referee hasn't called in yet. We expect to, to hear from him at any time. And we'll get another scoreboard update. Hour two is in the books. Hour three coming up with you till midnight. This is Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. For scores online, all of them in West Virginia, visit basketballnight.com. A big thank you tonight to all of our affiliates carrying Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Special thank you to all the guys at Suddenlink at Network West Virginia. Spent a lot of time doing engineering work so we could get on there. You can see us on Channel 2 
Also, our online affiliates, RSN Sports. You can go to the RSN Facebook page, and you can watch us there on Facebook Live. And we're on YouTube. Go to basketballnight.com, and you can watch it there. You can listen on great radio stations throughout the Mountain State, including 98.5 FM, 101.5 FM, WQAZLP, Edmund Beckley, WMTD, The Ticket, 102.3 in Hinton, 90.7 FM, WFGH, Fort Gay, 101.9 FM, 1290 AM, Our Friends in Logan, WVOW, 95, The Sports Fox, WBES in Charleston, 950 AM, 106.7 FM, WHFI in Linside, Talk Radio, WRNR in Martinsburg, 740 AM. 101.1 FM, WV, WPLP, Wayne, Knights Radio, 91.5 FM, WRSG in Middleburn, 97.9 FM, WSPWLP in Parkersburg, 104.5 FM, WASPLP in Huntington, Power 92 Radio, 92.3 FM, WIRCLP in Spencer, 94 Rock, WRLF in Fairmont, Talk 92.5, WTHM, LP, Ravenswood, Ripley. We also want to thank Light Rock 93R, WRRR, in St. Mary's. Welcome back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. To join tonight's program, call 855-78-HOOPS. That's 855-784-6677. Follow us on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup for all the scores all the time. And visit BasketballNight.com for a comprehensive look at schedules and standings for every team in the state. Stay tuned. Another hour of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia begins right now. Welcome you to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia, Hour 3 of the program. Ryan Epling alongside Joe Linville and Rick Marone. 11 o'clock on this Friday night. Again, with you until midnight. Scores from across the state have been coming in all night. There have been a lot of uh, really close games, several overtime games tonight, and also some uh, games that we think we may see again in a couple of weeks. There uh, seems to be a lot of more local-type matchups, a lot of uh, rivalry-type games tonight. And we'll go to Dave Morrison of ESPN Radio, the ticket, in just a moment. He had one of those rivalry games tonight. But first, it's time for a check of the BasketballNight.com scoreboard. Looking for scores? Look no more. Go to BasketballNight.com. It was the University Hawks downing Preston tonight, 65-55. Grafton over Berkeley Springs, 51-45. Fayetteville, the Pirates, 16-3, defeated Oak Hill by a score of 59-29. Elkins fell to the Bridgeport Indians tonight, 56-27. Wynn Stoniker had 21 points for the Indians. It was the Fairmont Senior Polar Bears over East Fairmont, 65-45. Montcalm. Fell to Independence, 37-35. Tucker County down Petersburg. The Vikings fell by a score of 49-30. The Panthers of Pikeview down the Lady Tigers of Shady Springs, 79-34. It was East Hardy hosting Moorfield, and Moorfield comes away as the winner, 53-41. It was Hannon downing Covenant Christian, 49-44. 
Pocahontas County defeated Tigers Valley 58-38. Summers County, the Lady Bobcats down Charleston Catholic 53-47. And it was Tyler Consolidated defeating South Harrison tonight 59-47. Let's take a look at the boys' side. First up, Brooke falls tonight. Steubenville, Ohio, 70. Brooke, 44. Cabell Midland falls to Riverside. The Warriors, 60-46 to winners over the Knights tonight. Hedgesville, 59. Spring Mills, 40. Hurricane Redskins fall short on their home court. Ripley, 60. Hurricane, 57. Washington falls to Jefferson. Jefferson, 54. Washington, 50. Morgantown gets a 68-59 win over Wheeling Park. Martinsburg, 79. The Musselman Appleman. 57, Parkersburg falls to South Charleston. The Black Eagles, 75-67 winners. Beckley, Woodrow Wilson, 69. Spring Valley, 57. GW, 78-54 winners over St. Albans tonight. And Princeton falls to Greenbrier East. Jim Justice's crew, 76-62 winners over the Tigers. Pocahontas County gets a hard-fought win tonight. And they come away with a 58-38 win over Riverview. Phillip Barber, 65. Kaiser, 60. Gilmer County, 72. Braxton County, 53. Chapmanville gets a big win over Logan, 73-62. James Monroe, 61. Independence, 55. Pikeview, the Panthers, 82. Liberty, 64. Mountview, the Golden Knights get a win over Mann, 80-59. And Polka, 67. Sissonville, 53. Also tonight, Mingo Central goes into Pioneer Gym and defeats Wayne, 65-57 the final in that one. That was a close game throughout. Westside picks up a win over Wyoming East, 65-54. We'll talk much more about that one in a moment. Shane Jenkins, 26 points in the win for the Renegades. It was Buckeye Local, Ohio, defeating Weir, 65-43. Harmon in the West Virginia Hometown Invitational defeats 100, 64-48. Charleston Catholic, an 86-47 winner over Summers County. Cameron picks up a 67-58 win over Magnolia. It was Meadow Bridge in hometown invitational action, defeating Paul Paul, 66-46 the final in that one. They went to overtime before Tucker County could get a road win at Pendleton County, 67-59 the final in that one. It was Ravenswood defeating Parkersburg Catholic, 64-55. Red Devils now 17-2. Midland Trail defeats Sherman, 59-54. It was Tug Valley over Huntington St. Joe, 80-62. Tyler May, 21. Levi Davis, 20. And the victory for the Panthers. Fayetteville survives at Valley Fayette. Ricky Meadows goes over his 1,000th career point for the Greyhounds, but they come up just short against Fayetteville, 50-49. The Pirates get the win. It was the Wahama White Falcons narrowly defeating South Gallia, Ohio. The homestanding White Falcons get the win, 46-45. Webster County defeats Roan County, 79-73. It was Wheeling Central in overtime, a winner over St. Clairsville, Ohio, 74 to 71 and Ritchie County defeats Work County tonight 58-45. That's a check of your basketballnight.com scoreboard. It was a nice win tonight for Westside as the Renegades go to Wyoming East and win 65-54. That was the final in that one. Dave Morrison of ESPN Radio the ticket had the, was there for that one and Dave Wyoming East Westside they get together. It's always an entertaining affair and tonight the Renegades a little too much for the Warriors. 
I had just a little bit too much. Nice to talk to you guys. And hey, I don't have like Chris. I'm like Chris. I don't have a problem following the governor. <laughs> I understand. I'll be I'll be down there next week. I'm hoping to maybe use the Greenbrier copter to fly down there. So, <laughs> yeah, Dave, no problem. You got the pull. Dave will be in <laughs> studio next week. We look forward to that. And um, again tonight, though, you were at Wyoming East High School. Uh, that's always a great atmosphere when they and Westside get together. It was a great atmosphere again. It always is when these two teams get together. And uh, I think, with apologies to everybody else who has rivalry games, I think the best rivalry game in the state. I've seen a lot of them over the years across the state. And I've got some evidence to back that up. This series is now tied at 21-21. And according to John Conley from the Independent Herald, covers both these teams extensively. This is the first time, and you talk about story programs, and there are a lot of them in the States. This is the first time they've met where one of these teams, if not both, were not in the top ten in the AP poll. So just a great rivalry now tied at 21-21. Probably the most important thing that happened in this game, interestingly enough, Sean Jenkins, the coach, had his son, Shane, who had 26 points tonight, uh, go talk to former coach Nick Cook. So they met this afternoon, and I asked Shane Jenkins, again, what did he talk to coach cook about he said just don't think too much just go out there and play shoot the ball the way you've always shot the ball since you were coming up and i think they knew he was on to something uh big because sean jenkins said i've coached him since he was a little kid and sometimes he gets this look in his eye and he had that look in his eye tonight and he certainly delivered with 26 points big night tonight for shane jenkins in the win and i got i had a chance to see west side on Wednesday afternoon, and their loss to Robert C. Bird in Charleston, and, and that's a team that, to me, looked like they were still, oh, I don't know, maybe not exactly on the same page. And again, it was just a very limited sample size that I had to see them in that ball game. This is a team that is right now sitting at twelve and seven. But Dave, is this the type of team that can be a dangerous team to anybody in the postseason? Well, I think they can, and they'll have a chance to prove that, too, coming up. And get the win over Wyoming East, and really for Wyoming East, maybe the more important game is actually tomorrow when they play Oak Hill, and uh, Oak Hill will be celebrating its 100 years of basketball tomorrow evening um, at Oak Hill High School. Because Wyoming East, this is now two losses in section, and Oak Hill, I think, has two as well, and one of those was against Wyoming East. So for Wyoming East, the more important game might be tomorrow, but Westside can definitely be a factor. Got uh, some good size. You saw them Wednesday. You saw the big kid, uh, Corey Hatfield, didn't do a lot offensively tonight. Uh, he did rebound the ball well. We didn't get over 15 rebounds in the game. He blocked four or five shots and altered several others. Uh, really gave a smaller Wyoming East team fits in that way. So, yeah, I think, but when you look around this region, I mean, it's, it's crazy. With the exception of Bluefield, I think everybody agrees they're the best team in Region 3 at this point. Uh, everybody else, and Liberty would probably be at the bottom because they are struggling and haven't won a game. You could probably pull names out of a hat uh, as far as who could uh, get that second spot. And then in Region 3, there'll be two spots, obviously, uh, in the Region co-final. So, it's the they've been beating each other all year, but there are nine of the ten teams with winning records in Region Three right now. So it's it's crazy. Westside can definitely be a factor in that. Of course, Westside beating Wyoming East tonight, avenging a home loss. So 
the visiting team getting the win in both of those matchups this year between the Warriors and the Renegades. And so maybe home court advantage, not such an advantage, at least well, in that you know, moment. in the region, in, in the co-final last year, uh, Region 3 co-finals, both visiting teams won and advanced to the state tournament. So, I mean, maybe maybe you want to lose in the sectional final going the road because that seems to be the, the way to do it. And if you don't see that often. Everybody talks about home court advantage. Obviously, there is a home court advantage. But when you look at what happened last year, maybe you want to be that number two seed and go on the road because both those teams that were that last year ended up in the state tournament. Dave Morrison, ESPN Radio, The Ticket. You had the call as Westside beats Wyoming East tonight. Dave, look forward to seeing you next week. Yeah, I'm looking forward to being down there. Real quick, Corey McKinney with 22 points for uh, Wyoming East. Had a real good night this evening as well for Wyoming East. And, yeah, I'm looking forward to being down there, and uh, especially when a certain caller calls. And I'm sure he hasn't called yet. Uh, he's a late night. Uh, he's not turned. Oh, yes. Leave it at that. And, Small world. And that's, a, that's, very, that's, a, that's a very nice way of me saying something about Mr. Kozlowski, which I'm sure will be coming up. Yeah, we'll have him on uh, hopefully in about half an hour. Hey, that's Dave Morrison of ESPN, the ticket, ESPN Radio, the ticket. Uh, going right back to the phones. And you know who it's time for? When you say bow time, that has a different meaning in Huntington right now because of a certain restaurant that just went in uh, about a year ago. By the way, the traffic's way down there right now compared to what it was. They don't have a special lane now for themselves. But uh, our resident referee, Bo Anderson, joins us now on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. (laughs) Yep. This is, this, you know, Bo's not used to the, the nice, easy transition in here. Bo, welcome back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Hey, uh, this is a little bit different tonight. I'm uh, no whistle. Uh, I'm not sure what to think about this. There's the whistle. There it goes. <laughs> now, now that's much more familiar, Bo. Um, Bo Anderson is our resident referee. He he calls every week, and we like to talk uh, about rules of the game with him. Sometimes things that maybe you don't see on a night to night basis, or explanations of things you do see night to night that maybe you have questions on. Bo, something that I that I saw earlier this week, and it was in a game that the the outcome was not in doubt, so it wasn't a game changing situation. But I just wanted to know what the mechanics are in this situation. Seven tenths of a second remaining in a ball game, and uh, there was a is a free throw, and the second free throw was missed. Offensive player jumps up, grabs the rebound, comes back down to the floor, gathers herself together, pivots off one foot, goes back up, shoots at the top of her jump and scores, and it goes in ahead of the buzzer, but it was clearly more than seven-tenths of a second. At what point does the official get to, you know, what what do you do as an official there when you know that time should have expired but didn't before the shot was taken? Well, it's clear if you have knowledge that the clock wasn't started that you could end it right there. I mean, that's, that's clearly, uh, I mean, um, several years ago, the NBA did a huge amount, spent a huge amount of money to see exactly 
how much time that it took to catch and shoot and someone legally get a shot off. And the quickest time that you can actually catch and shoot is four-tenths of a second. So with three-tenths of a second or less, you can only tip or tap at the rim. You can't catch and shoot. But if you've got knowledge that the clock has not started, uh, then you can just, you know, that would be a case where you wipe out the shot and you end it right there uh, because, you know, you, you know that it's been longer than obviously the seven-tenths of a second. Um, if you don't have knowledge, you can go and discuss it with the clock keeper to see if they had a malfunction or, you know, there's a lot of things that you can do. But any time an official has knowledge on, on the game clock and time and stuff, uh, they can, you know, take care of it right then and disallow that basket. Or, you know, if it was a case where the clock was started too early, you know, they can allow the basket. I mean, they can make those decisions upon what knowledge that they have from the clock standpoint. Okay, Bo, uh, Coach Marone back in the studio. Uh, they said you've been getting a little uh, raucous the last couple weeks. I'm glad to be back to restore <laughs> order. Uh, going to get into your going, going to get into your wheelhouse right here. Technical foul, uh, and I'm being serious. Uh, I was talking to a, a referee earlier today, and uh, he was talking about a game that he had called. It was a boys' game. Uh, he had a technical prior to the start of the game. Actually, one of the players was dunking and hanging on the rim. He teed him up before the game. Later in the game, there was another technical given uh, to the same team. Uh, to the the bench so if you could just clear up for people uh, the direct and indirect technicals I think you've covered this before but I think this is a little different because you had one actually prior to the start of the game okay any if if, let me put to you this way Rick if uh if three players on your team did not like you as a coach (laughs) and they all three dunked it you would be ejected (laughs) um don't give anybody any ideas. <laughs> well, I tell you what, you know, I'm just throwing that out there at you now. Uh, but it, <laughs> anyway, uh, dunking in the pregame warm-ups is an indirect technical foul charged to the coach, and and the coach has a combination. He's got a combination of three different ways. He can get a flagrant technical and just automatically be ejected, depending on what he did. He can get two direct technicals and be ejected, which is directly on him, or he can get three indirects. So what you had there was you had an indirect technical for the dunk, and then you had an indirect technical for his team or his trainer or whoever got the technical on the bench. That goes indirectly to him. So, therefore, he only had one more left, either direct to him or indirect to him, and he would have been leaving. Real quick, Bo, uh, uh, just to um, follow up, would he have lost, Would he not be able to start the game getting off the bench because the indirect was called prior to the game? Does he lose the privilege? You lose the coach's box, absolutely. If you get an indirect before the game starts or anything like that, you lose the coach's box immediately. Anytime you get an indirect technical, you lose the box. Uh, and you're, you're, you can only get up for those certain reasons that are in the book that allows you to get up, like the timeout or to get a sub, but you can't be up coaching. Um, I had a, <laughs> uh, several years ago, I had a game where 
uh, a player got in line in the warm-ups and kind of threw the ball a little bit hard at the rim. And so as he come back through, I said, uh, young man, you need to drop that ball down in there easier now. We don't, we don't want to start this game off the wrong way. And he said, yes, sir. And he got back in line. And my partner was checking the books. And he gets and catches the ball and runs in and throws it at the rim so hard, he misses the dunk. It hits the back of the rim and lands at half court. <laughs> and I just kind of politely walked over to my partner who was checking the books, and I said, while you're at it, would you mark number 52 on the visiting team for a technical foul, and I'm going to go tell the coach he's going to have him a seat. <laughs> and uh, so that's how we got that game started. Uh, you know, sometimes you try to be nice and prevent them, and it doesn't work. And in that case, it really didn't work. It, 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 I guess it went over his head, I reckon. I don't know. <laughs> hey, Bo, a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about a, a player could smack the backboard and it would not be a technical. Am I correct in saying that? Or does it depend on the situation? Yeah, sure, yeah. Because I had a coach yeah, come up to me this week and, and talk about a kid smacked the backboard. I don't know all the details, but the official – actually teed him up for a technical now do do you feel like the referees maybe interpret the rules a little different okay if he intentionally smacks the backboard and is not playing the basketball yes you can call that a technical but if they're playing the basketball they're trying to block a shot you know the ball's up there and they miss and they vibrate the backboard you have nothing now, if somebody goes in, shoots a layup, it goes through, here comes somebody after that showboat, drills the backboard intentionally, not clearly not playing the basketball, clearly not, you know, within the rules, that is a technical foul. But the confusion gets to be, everybody wants a technical every time the backboard's smacked, and 98% of the time it's smacked because they're trying to block a shot, and they miss the ball, and they hit the backboard. And that's that's that is a no call. That that's there's nothing there. Uh, trying to play the ball and hit the backboard is is a no call. But now if they intentionally strike the backboard, not playing the basketball, just wind up and hit it, then then yes, you can have a, a technical on that Joe for that individual uh, for that purpose. Bo Anderson, our resident referee, always a pleasure, Bo. Hopefully, you get a nice, easy week of games. Nobody. Gets out of the line. Nobody, nobody gets dunks and warm ups. You don't have to kick anybody out. You don't have to do any paperwork. Just good, simple basketball. Well, Ryan, you know you you've blessed me with that for the last two or three weeks. I've, I mean, I've worked about fifteen games in the last seventeen days, and it's been pretty smooth. So I'm going to go on uh, the fact that your wishes has been commanded by all these people. <laughs> they're they're leaving me alone. There we go. Uh, I, I'll, I guess I'll take credit for that. <laughs> <laughs> Bo, thanks so much. Hey, uh, enjoyed it, guys. I'll call you again next Friday, and uh, I'll be coming back from somewhere on Earth, and I'll uh, I'll give you a ring, and I appreciate you guys. Uh, you guys do a great job. All right, that's our resident referee, Bo Anderson. We'll step aside take a break. When we come back, James Beckman, head coach of the East Fairmont Lady Bees, will join us as Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia continues on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. Every Friday night from 9 to midnight, we're the home for high school basketball in the Mountain State. This is Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. 
you've got a little time left, join us and vote in this week's poll. Of course, last week, 66% of you voted that the shot clock should be introduced into West Virginia high school basketball. This week's question, should all playoff games be hosted at a neutral site? Go to basketballnight.com, vote yes or no in this week's poll. You'll see the poll question on the right-hand side of the page. You got till 11.45 tonight. If you're watching our stream on Network West Virginia or on Facebook Live or on YouTube tonight, you're going to see a lot of pictures right now. You could get your pictures featured on our video stream. We'd like for you to send them to us on our Twitter account at hoops underscore roundup at hoops underscore roundup. You can also send them to RSN Sports by their Facebook page or their Instagram page. Your picks next week. We want to see them. Call us tonight, toll-free 855-784-6677, 855-784-6677. Join us on Twitter, at Hoops underscore Roundup, at Hoops underscore Roundup. And some new followers tonight, a shout-out to all of them, including Andrew Gray, Tim Bug, Ricky Lester, Tori, Frat Boy Tweezy, Melanie, Greg W., and Sean Butterfield. They joined us on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup, at Hoops underscore Roundup. This is Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Stay up to date on your favorite teams. Check out BasketballNight.com. Now, back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia with Coach Rick Marone and Ryan Epling. It is 11-24 on this Basketball Friday night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling and Joe Linville with you. Rick Marone with us as well. We'll get with James Beckman, the head coach of the East Fairmont Lady Bees, in just a moment. But first, Marcus Constantino is here. And Marcus, time for our latest power ratings. And we don't have very many girls' power ratings left, Ryan. The Basketball Friday night basketballnight.com triple-a girls power ratings huntington at 16 and 3 staying in the top spot buckhannon upshire close behind at number two south charleston with 16 and 5 record at number three martinsburg coming in at number four and parkersburg uh, coming in in the number five spot moving on to class double-a girls bluefield staying on top at 18 and 1 at number one the wyoming east warriors at number two north marion number three fairmont senior uh, jumps up one spot into number four, and Winfield falls one spot into the number five spot. Now moving on to class single-A, girlsbasketballnight.com power ratings. Wheeling Central coming in at number one. Summers County is at number two. Tucker County coming in at number three. Gilmer County is coming in at number four. And Williamstown comes in at number five. Now moving on to the... BasketballNight.com power ratings. Capital coming in at number one. University is at number two. Morgantown three. Woodrow Wilson number four. George Washington coming in at number five. Moving over into boys double A. Fairmont Senior comes in at number one. Bluefield number two. Chapmanville coming in at number three. Polka is at number four. Mingo Central at number five. And finally the boys Single A, BasketballNight.com power ratings. Willing Central Catholic is at the top spot. Fayetteville 
uh, is at number two. Notre Dame, number three. Ravenswood, number four. And the Gilmer County Titans round out the top five. That's your BasketballNight.com power ratings. You can check them out here in just a moment at BasketballNight.com. Thank you very much, Marcus, as always. And, Joe, you look at the girls' double-A top spot. It's Bluefield leading the way there. I had a chance to see Bluefield earlier in the week beat St. Joe's girls on the big floor of the Charleston Civic Center. And uh, Marcus is a Bluefield grad. And I'll tell you what, they're known for their boys' basketball. That's like a very good girls' basketball team. Yeah, I've kind of been watching. I haven't seen them play, but I've been kind of watching their ratings and their and their schedule and their, and their scoring, and uh, they've really got something to be proud about down in the beaver country. Definitely a, a lot of fun. Uh, looking forward to seeing them in the postseason as well. And I think they and Wyoming East are both extremely good. Wyoming East beat them soundly the first time they played, but it was a tie game after three quarters. They pulled away in the fourth. Uh, you just never know how those games are going to play out. James Beckman is the head coach of the East Fairmont Lady Bees. He joins us now on the program. And uh, first off, Coach Beckman, thanks so much for hanging with us for so long here tonight. Uh, you're welcome. Thanks for having me, guys. And uh, I understand before we talk about your ball club here a little bit, uh, you're also helping um, – and some other forms with girls basketball as well and trying to get the word out on a couple of things. Yeah, um, we're running the North-South game. This is going to be the second year we brought that back. Um, last year we had it the first weekend of June at uh, the Waco Center in Glenville. So we're asking Coach Polak, Coach Aaron, and the rest of my staff. Uh, we ran it last year. We're going to go ahead and run it again this year at Glenville again. Uh, tentatively the first weekend of June. Any media, any coaches have any senior uh, recommendations, please uh, send them to me, and then we'll view all the candidates, and then we'll pick uh, the North and South squad. I know uh, Coach uh, James from St. Albans helped us last year. Um, our North and South coaches last year, North coach were Jason White from Morgantown, Amy Chapman from Gilmer. Our South coaches were Bo Miller from Spring Valley, and Jamie LaMasters from GW. That's always uh, fun, and I'm glad that, that, that you've been able to revive that event. I think that's a great showcase for high school basketball in West Virginia. And um, also, let's talk about your ball club here for a moment. It's been a, a little bit of a tough week, uh, two losses, but just a four-point loss at North Marion. I know things didn't go as well tonight at Fairmont Senior, but when you, you put the two together, that's about as tough of a week as you're going to get in girls' high school basketball in Double A in West Virginia, and I mean, for, your, for the most part, your ball club is right on the cusp. You know, that's funny you mentioned that because we just talked about that as a staff after the game tonight. Um, in order for us to get to Charleston, we've got to get out of our county, and we've talked about we need to show toughness, and we're competing uh, to complete now. We're showing toughness. I've been very proud of how our girls um, are competing out there on the floor, and couple shots uh, on Monday. It's a different outcome. And tonight, uh, I know Fremont Senior hit 24 points on the free throw line. Uh, we had some missed opportunities on shots. Some of our shots fall into a different outcome. Um, I'm extremely proud of how these girls are, are getting after. And we're starting to play our best basketball here towards the end when we want to. Coach, uh, Coach Marone here. Thanks for coming on the program. And uh, 
you know, I tell you what, uh, schedule wise, I mean, not just the Big Ten schedule, but uh, you know, I know you've had uh, uh, the event, uh, actually, a couple of events up there that you've hosted this year. But uh, you know, have you really uh, tried to uh, kind of set your schedule up to where you guys are getting tested uh, time and time again in preparation for the postseason that's coming up next week? I have, Coach. Um, going into uh, this off season, I really wanted to battle test these girls that knew what we had. Because um, I know what the Big Ten offers, as well as that Big Ten Cardinal Challenge, and well, I wanted to battle test these girls, and they've stepped up and they've competed. Um, you look at some of our losses; uh, we lose to at McCann by, by uh, I think it was eleven, but it was closer than that at free throws at the end. Uh, at North Marion, we lose by four. We're at Fairmont Senior tonight; it's a twenty-point game, but I mean, we make shots closer than that, so we're on the road and we're competing. So these girls are are going above and beyond, and I feel strong here in two weeks of what this program can do. Talking with James Beckman, head coach of the East Fairmont Lady Bees, and you talk about that postseason and uh, looking at the alignment, you've got Fairmont Senior, North Marion, Oak Glen, and we're all within your section. And so, like you said, I mean, you had a week where you just played Fairmont Senior and North Marion back-to-back to get your road to Charleston, you've got to get through one of those two. Take get out of our county. That's what I always say. Take it out of your county to get to Charleston. And um, so. Yeah, that's definitely – and i got to say, the, the, the quality of play up there is, is very good. It's a high level. And I've, I've noticed, and just looking back through your scores, um, even though, like I said, you come up 20 short tonight, but your games have been closer the second time around with everyone you have played. So, obviously, trending in the right direction. And, Coach, we know you do so much for girls' basketball in the Mountain State behind the scenes, and we certainly wish you and your uh, Lady Bees the best of luck and would love to see you guys in Charleston in a couple weeks. Thank you, and we'd love to be there. All right, that's James Beckman, head coach of East Fairmont. And uh, Coach Monroe, like I said, it's they're not quite where they want to be just yet, but they are trending in the right direction. They're trending, and, and Ryan, when you look at that Region One and uh, the realignment, I mean, you know, we've we actually tried to kind of set that table prior to the start of the season, but there's a lot of different shifts that have went on. And in Region One, he he said it right: you got to get out of your county. I mean, his side of that region, and it trends, Joe, from one to the other. His side in Section 2 is obviously the stronger of the two. Like Ryan said, if you can be one of the two teams that advance out, you're going to be set up pretty well, even though you got to go on the road in the regional. The other half of that region is kind of in a downward swing a bit. So if he can pull an upset, you know, it's one game. They've seen both these teams in uh, Fairmont Senior and uh, North Marion. Granted, they're two of the top teams, but you never know. Catch lightning in a bottle. If he can get out of his section, uh, Coach Beckman uh, got a shot. Absolutely, and I love that statement. I mean, because you know he's right there in that core of those Fairmont schools that that put out a lot of tough basketball mm-hmm. programs, and you know, like you said, that's why they play the game. If it's your night and you're hitting it, you know, you got a shot to get out of there. We've got to step aside and take a break. When we come back, well, much more of basketball Friday night in West Virginia here on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. For scores online, all of them in West Virginia, visit basketballnight.com. 
Does showing up for work at a ballpark or an arena sound good to you? A Marshall University sports journalism degree can get you there. Sports journalism at Marshall is important. It's serious and it's big business. Sports media and communications careers are some of the most competitive and marketable worldwide in a multi-billion dollar industry. We'll prepare you to think critically, report accurately, and artfully tell the stories on and off the field or court. If this sounds like you, the Marshall School of Journalism is ready and eager to start your journey. Learn more at marshall.edu slash SOJMC. Join us on Twitter tonight at hoops underscore roundup at hoops underscore roundup. Some of our newest followers just tonight include Andrew Gray, Tim Bug, Ricky Lester, Tori, Frat Boy Tweezy, Melanie, Greg W., and Sean Butterfield. Thanks for joining us and being part of the Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia family. Once again, join us on Twitter, and you can tweet us your team scores, give us your comments on the game. It's all at hoops underscore roundup, at hoops underscore roundup. High school basketball action in West Virginia is heating up as teams focus on a trip to the state championship in Charleston. Stay up to date with your local team and its progress all season long right here at Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia for three hours every Friday night from 9 to midnight. Stay up to date on your favorite teams. Check out BasketballNight.com. Now, back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia with Coach Rick Marone and Ryan Epling. It is Basketball Friday Night, two and a half hours in the books, 30 minutes to go here in uh, the great metropolis of Huntington, West Virginia. And we are hostless. (laughs) He said, I'll be back in a minute. And uh, it took longer to... uh, run across the road and pick up pizzas and he thought it was going to. <laughs> well, I tell you, Joe, uh, the, for some reason a bowling reference comes to mind and me and you are the 7-10 <laughs> split. <laughs> if you've ever bowled, that's the hardest one to try and uh, pick up and me and Joe are the 7-10 split. And, Joe, uh, I know you got a couple scores uh, we're looking for uh, to complete our board tonight. Yeah, from uh, up in the northeast part, up uh, from the Panhandle, actually, Hampshire, Jefferson, we're looking for that score uh, score on the girls' side. Also, we're still looking for the Cameron uh, Shenandoah Ohio score on the girls' side, and the Hartman Panthers and Lighthouse Academy. Uh, those are all on the girls' side. Only two boys' uh, scores, I think, we're missing over on the boys' side. Um, and not sure. And it looks like we might have all the boys' well, scores. We got it's one, over on the girls' side. Yeah, Union a, and Payton City. Yeah, still great, waiting on that one. And Greater Beckley Christian and Mercer Christian. We're looking for that score. So if you have scores, uh, give us a uh, call or a tweet. Uh, hoops underscore dot com on Twitter. And our uh, phone number to call in the score uh, is 855 Oh, there it is, 855-784-6677, you know. But those are the scores we're looking for. Uh, give us a call and, uh, so we can toot the horn tonight and get all those in. Yeah, I tell you what, uh, we appreciate all of our contributors, and uh, sometimes they are the silent majority. They're the ones that are out uh, at the ball games, out in the field, and uh, 
they really, uh, you know, help us to uh, do what we love to do and share with folks uh, uh, the scores and, and getting that scoreboard together. And I tell you, we want to thank all the guys behind the scenes as well. We talk about Marcus and Mike and Fred and, and uh, Lance and all the all the guys and gals back there. And I know I've left a few of them out, so uh, take it out on Ryan later if you need to. But uh, they do uh, make our job uh, really enjoyable for us, and, and we appreciate the folks that contribute. But th- I was going to say, and thanks to all the coaches, all the broadcasters, uh, the scorers, the PA announcers, everybody that participates. We could not do this show without you. That you're the you're the backbone for us. Absolutely, and one of the one of those backbones. I'm just gonna just sit right here like nothing happened. Just join right back in. No, oh, come on, guys. Really? There's a way of game technical there. Uh, sorry. Sometimes. And Joe, you you can attest to this right now. Sinuses aren't aren't. Aren't friendly at the no, moment. And absolutely not. Got a headache coming on, so I was trying to take care of that with a uh, as best I could. Of course, I parked a long way from the studio tonight. So <laughs> parked down at the Cam Henderson. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. I may have parked a little too far away. I'm going to work on that for next week. Hey, West McKinney, WAEY Radio, with us tonight uh, now, and and Wes, voice of the Princeton Tigers tonight. An interesting visitor for you guys. Yeah, actually, guys, we were on the road. Uh, See, I always get that wrong with you guys. (laughs) We were on the road tonight at Greenbrier East, um, but uh, definitely an interesting game uh, for Princeton tonight. They, uh, Princeton, um, for lack of a better term, really hadn't competed um, the last three games, going back to last Friday against Woodrow. Of course, Woodrow, we know how talented they are. Lost by 33 to Ripley, uh, which no one really saw coming, you know, at least at Everyone I talked to, um, and then Tuesday night, uh, just a couple of miles down the road in Gardner, you know, Princeton loses by 32. A, a Pikeview team that's been all over the place this year, and you talk to the Pikeview radio guys, and they had no idea what to expect night in night out from Pikeview. Um, but but Princeton, a very much more um, blue collar workman like effort tonight. Uh, you know, it's not really going to show on the scoreboard. I don't think uh, a Princeton dug a hole a little bit too big to try to dig out of. Uh, tonight, um, they were down 18 in halftime. Um, could not get it under 10 in the third quarter. Got it to eight on a couple of occasions. Was down eight with about a minute 50 left to go, and just could not get the necessary stops um, to, to you know to even force that game into overtime against Greenbrier East. Tonight, you know, and eventually fell by 12. But uh, you know, I, I think a lot of people saw Princeton play the way if people really thought they were capable of. Very, very hard nosed on the board tonight to actually out-rebound at Greenbrier East. Um, basically, the difference in the game was Greenbrier East was 24-29 at the free throw line, and Princeton was 11-17, so that's a 13-point difference at the free throw line. Princeton loses by 12, so, I mean, I mean that's kind of the difference in the game, and Princeton better get pretty familiar with their surroundings in Fairly, because after tonight's loss, there's, I'd say, a pretty solid chance that Princeton's going to be heading right back there in a couple of weeks to play the Spartans in a sectional game. Well, Wes, was there any different atmosphere, any different feeling now that that was the governor on the opposing bench? I don't I don't think so, guys. You know, I mean, I don't, I don't think Princeton's ever been intimidated to walk into that building. You know, Princeton and Greenbrier used to play some phenomenal games last year's sectional semifinal you know, uh, went to overtime. Princeton lost there. The teams played a five-point game earlier this year in Princeton. Um, last year in the regular season in Princeton, it was uh, I think a 
four point game. So, you know, you know, I don't think Princeton's ever been intimidated by that fact at all. Um, you know, Princeton, you know, like they, they play a really blue collar, you know, when Princeton does play their best ball, it seems to be they're, they're the aggressor. And that was the case tonight for a little while. It's just that Greenbrier East just got into the paint at will tonight. And, and either Greenbrier East is getting easy laps or they're getting to the free throw line. Green Bar East gets the win over Princeton tonight. Tigers will be back in action Tuesday. Down, uh, well, it's actually up on the mountain in uh, just outside of Welch at Mount View High School. And then a game at home against Wyoming East next Friday night. Wes, always a pleasure. Good luck uh, on those road trips, uh, at least that road trip to Mount View. Uh, have you been to Mount View recently? I think you have. but. I- I have not, guys. Uh, uh, last year, Princeton just played not few once. It was in Princeton, so um, it's been—it's actually been a few years since I've been to Welch. So I'm—I'm uh, I'm looking forward to actually being at Mountain View. I know they've gotten good crowds, you know, for you know, a kind of the renaissance they've put together. I know Bluefield Mount View drew a phenomenal crowd. Um, I think it was about two three weeks ago. So I'm really looking forward to seeing what kind of crowd Mountain View brings out. I mean, I, I know that community and, you know, surrounding places there in McDowell County really get behind the Golden Knights when they're rolling and, you know, I mean, have a pretty solid football season. They've got a really nice basketball season going. So I'm looking forward to that. And, guys, one other thing I wanted to add um, from tonight, um, one of um, a Governor Justice's uh, players, one of his bench guys, Stephen Winnings, um, took a hard fall with about seven seconds left to go in the game tonight. Some incidental contact um, hit his head pretty hard off the hardwood and um, injured his arm too as well. So sending a lot of prayers and thoughts to him tonight. He, he walked off the court on his own power, but you can tell he's definitely shaken up tonight. Certainly our thoughts and prayers go out to him. and uh, that That's one of those things that, that definitely can happen in athletics, um, not just basketball, not just uh, the routine sports. It can happen in, in everyday life. Um, any, any situation like that obviously takes a little bit of precedence to what actually happened during the game. But uh, tonight, Greenberry's gets one. Wes, thanks so much for calling. Have a good weekend and look forward to talking next week. We'll see you guys. All right, that's Wes McKinney, WAEY Radio in Princeton. We'll step aside, take our final break. When we come back, we'll update you on the poll question. And get you a final scoreboard update. And and we'll bring in Rick Kozlowski of the Martinsburg Journal. That's when basketball Friday night in West Virginia continues in two minutes here on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. For scores online, all of them in West Virginia... Visit BasketballNight.com. A big thank you to all the folks that sent in scores tonight. Follow us on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup, at Hoops underscore Roundup. Every Friday night, in fact, every day, you can tweet us your team scores. Give us your comments on the game because we follow the scores every day. You can go to BasketballNight.com every day and get the scores from every game in the state every day we always want you to become part of the show we want you to go to our webpage basketballnight.com and you can find out how you can call text tweet and send us an email with all your scores keep us posted all week long about your team a shout out to our newest 
Twitter followers, including Andrew Gray, Tim Budd, Ricky Lester, Tori, Frat Boy Tweezy, Melanie, Greg W., and Sean Butterfield. They are now part of the Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia family. And congratulations to all of our standout athletes of the week. We also want you to go to basketballnight.com and nominate your standout athlete of the week. On our website, basketballnight.com, click on the standout athlete of the week tab, fill out the nomination form, and we'll take it from there. Nominees are based on leadership, performance on the court, academic performance, involvement in the community, and volunteer work. We want to hear from you. Go to basketballnight.com. Click on Standout Athlete of the Week. Celebrating high school basketball around the Mountain State, you're listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to your hosts, Coach Rick Marone and Ryan Epling. It's 11.47 on this Basketball Friday night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling, Joe Linville, Rick Marone, happy to have you along as we wind down this edition of the program. We'll talk with Rick Kozlowski the Martinsburg Journal in just a moment. We'll also have our final check of our BasketballNight.com scoreboard. Right now, Marquez DeVille joins us with a look at the poll question and results. So last week's poll question was, should all playoff games be hosted at a neutral site? Uh, 31 votes voted yes, 20 voted no. And tonight's question for the poll, should all state tournament games have replay review or not? You can answer it again. That's yes or no. You can go to basketballnight.com. That will be up on the website. Joe, we'll, we'll get your opinion on this real fast. Should they use replay review in State tournament play. Wow. Um, yeah. I, I mean, you, you want to get it right, um, you know, because things happen so fast, especially, you know, when you're at the Civic Center and trying to get, uh, you know, keep the game flowing. Uh, I, I think it's a, I think it would be a good call because there there is TV coverage uh, of these games, and I think, uh, yeah, I, th- I think so. We won't ask Coach Marone that question. He, he's <laughs> he coached might, up there. He might he's have been a different involved. answer. <laughs> he, we won't put that on him. But we do want to get a final check of our scoreboard before we go to Rick Kozlowski. I'll take the top half. We'll let um, Joe take the bottom half for the boys' scores, and then we'll turn Coach Marone loose with the girls' scores. Looking for scores? Look no more. Go to basketballnight.com. Brooke falls tonight to Steubenville, Ohio, 70-44. to Riverside. Beats Cavill Midland 60 to 46. Hedgesville over Spring Mills 59-40. Ripley a 60-57 win over Hurricane. Jefferson beats Washington 54-50 in overtime. Also tonight, Morgantown beats Wheeling Park 68-59. Martinsburg beats Musselman 79-57. We'll talk with Rick about that one in a moment. South Charleston beats Parkersburg 75-67. Woodrow Wilson a 69-57 winner over Spring Valley. George Washington beats St. Albans tonight 78-54. It was Greenbrier East. East over Princeton, 76-62. Pocahontas County, 58. Riverview, 38. 
Philip Barber goes to 14-3 and as the Colts go to Kaiser and beat the Golden Tornado 65-60. Also tonight, boys high school basketball action. Gilmer County defeats Braxton County 72-53. Chapmanville Regional over Logan tonight 73-62. It was Grafton an 82-50 winner over Berkeley Springs. James Monroe beats Independence tonight 61-55. Pikeview 82, Liberty Raleigh 64. Mount View beats Man 80 to 59. Also tonight, 27 points for Jacob Phillips as Polka defeats Sissonville 67-53. Mingo Central winners tonight over Wayne 65-57. Westside down Wyoming East 65-54. Buckeye Local of Ohio downs Weir tonight 65-43. Allegheny Maryland defeats Frankfurt 91-46. Mountain Ridge Maryland defeats Petersburg 64-48. Harmon over 100 64-48. It was the Charleston Catholic Irish over Summers County 86-47. Montcalm winners tonight over JDCA 79-44. It was Magnolia falling to Cameron 67-58. It was Bishop Donahue winners over Trinity 58-56. Metabridge downs Pawpaw 66-46. It was Hannon over Covenant Christian 76-54. Tucker County over Pendleton County 67-59. Ravenswood over Parkersburg Catholic 64-55. Midland Trail defeats the Tide of Sherman tonight 59-54. Tug Valley big winners over St. Joe 80 to 62. Fayetteville remains unbeaten with a 50 to 49 win over the Valley Greyhounds. Gallia County uh, of Ohio falls to the Wahama Falcons tonight. 46-45. Webster County downs Roan County 79-73. Was uh, Wheeling Central over St. Clairsville, 74-71. Ritchie County over Work County, 58-45. And Union defeats Payton City, 53-45. Rick? Let's take a look at the girls' scores. We're going to give you the winners in these matchups. The University Hawks knock off Preston tonight. Berkeley Springs falls to Grafton. The Bearcats, <clears throat> Lady Bearcats get a win in that one. Fayetteville victorious over Rock or Oak Hill, the Red Devils. And Bridgeport, a winner tonight over Elkins. The Battle of Fairmont. Fairmont Senior knocks off East Fairmont, uh, 65-45. And Independence defeats Montcalm, 37-35. Tucker County over Petersburg tonight. The Lady Mountain Lions go to 18-3. Pikeview, 79-34 winners over Shady Springs. Moorefield gets a tough win over East Hardy tonight, 53-41. Hanning gets a win over Covenant Christian. Pocahontas County over the Tigers Valley Bulldogs. Summers County, a big regional victory over Charleston Catholic by nine. And Tyler Consolidated, 59-47 winners over South Harris. And that's a look at your basketballnight.com scoreboard. Thank you very much, guys. We go back to the phones to our good buddy Rick Kozlowski of the Martinsburg Journal. As it is cause time here on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Always a fresh way to bring in the cause. The cause. He is with us from Martinsburg. Rick, welcome back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Just call me Dr. Love. <laughs> 
All right. Well, let's go with Rick. Uh, let's ask Dave Morrison about that. No, no, no. Rick, tonight, Martinsburg, maybe the win over Musselman, not necessarily a surprise. The manner in which it happened on the road, that may uh, open some eyebrow or raise some eyebrows, open some eyes across the state of West Virginia. I'll tell you what, uh, this was Martinsburg's best performance of the season by far. I think the tournament last weekend up at St. James where they kind of uh, stumbled and stumbled and stumbled against some national powers, something happened. And I think this team really, really grew up. The freshman point guard, Jared Bowie, had an exceptional game tonight. It was uh, Dave Rogers, Martinsburg coach, says we haven't seen a freshman perform like that in quite a number of years. And I immediately said Marcellus Basie, which about 30 years ago. I don't know if you guys are familiar with Basie. He uh, went to WVU, played up there, and had a stellar career. And he was an exceptionally gifted athlete. And Bowie was everything... And, and, and then some tonight, 23 points, 9 assists, 7 rebounds, 5 steals, and he's only about five foot six or something. <laughs> Golly. It's <laughs> a fantastic ball game for him tonight. And uh, you mentioned those out-of-state tournaments, and, and Rick, five of Martinsburg's seven losses are to out-of-state teams. or only in-state losses to Morgantown and Musselman, they avenged that Musselman loss tonight. How good is Martinsburg on a West Virginia scale? <laughs> Do we know yet? It's I I think I'm kind of puzzled, really. Uh, they played Musselman last time, a very close game, and if you recall, I kind of panned the game as being just an ugly, ugly performance by both teams. Then Martinsburg turned around and played Morgantown the next night and certainly had their opportunities to perhaps win. Yeah, I I think we're looking at a team that uh, is coming on at the right time and and how they're going to match up with the rest of the state. I I think it's a little bit of a mystery. I'm just going to say Martinsburg in the power rankings tonight is ranked seventh and Musselman eighth. So that just shows you how close these two teams are. Yeah, I think uh, when all is said and done, they'll wind up playing each other in, in a sectional championship game. I'm sure that Spring Mills and Hedgesville will, you know, maybe say otherwise or at least try to uh, change that. But uh, I, I think right now those are definitely the, the, the two best teams in this area. And you know, right now Martinsburg is very hot. I, I just, like I said, I think this was their their absolute best performance of the season. Well, Rick, we want to give you one week's warning here. Dave Morrison will be in studio with us next week. We do hope you'll still call. Dave Morrison in studio. I'm hmm. sure we're going to hear a story of some sort. That uh, that will be fun. <laughs> He's speechless. <laughs> did, did we leave Rick Kozlowski speechless? <laughs> He's thinking. Hey, always, always a pleasure, hey. Rick. 
Hey, just remember, Dr. Love here. <laughs> oh, and, and Rick, before we let you go, I know you were at a ball game tonight. We did get to talk with Danny Heater a little bit earlier, and I know that we were able to get in contact with him. You were going to help us if our initial uh, track had failed. So we appreciate that you know we were able to get that and just a fascinating story that he has and uh, one I wouldn't be surprised if uh, well I don't want to push any pressure on you Rick but you know <laughs> he is in Martinsburg just saying well I have met him before and we have done something on him and I did hear the tail end of your interview with him I was coming riding up the road from Musman and the Local Martinsburg broadcast had gone off the air on WRNR, if I can promote them, since we do <laughs> Absolutely. have, since we are up here and they can hear me, you know, all, all 50,000 subscribers, and uh, I, they went off the air with the game, and, you know, like I said, I heard maybe, you know, a minute or two of, uh, of Danny Heater's interview, as I'm glad you were able to get him. Uh, absolutely uh, like i said fascinating person to speak with rick you're a fascinating person too but we've got to go thanks for joining us tonight talk to you next week have a great weekend guys that's rick kozlowski martinsburg journal that wraps it up for another edition of basketball friday night in west virginia you got about 10 seconds rick final thoughts for this week i tell you what a great matchups rivalries this week set the table for the playoffs upcoming great great show tonight and more good basketball in the coming week we'll talk about it next friday night national single game records for points scored in a game we had him on tonight we had the governor on tonight and we had rick kozlowski we'll be back (laughs) next week with basketball friday night in west virginia nine to midnight it's the fastest three hours in radio we promise you all along the fast rate sports network thanks for listening good night everybody Thank you for listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Tune in next Friday for the latest high school basketball action from across the Mountain State. Visit BasketballNight.com for our show archives, the poll question of the week, and the BasketballNight.com scoreboard. Until next time, have a great weekend, and thank you for listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. The preceding broadcast was a presentation of the Fast Break Sports Network. Copyright 2017. All rights reserved.